Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're back. Harry Potter retrospective, Deathly Hallows Part One. All you wizards and uh, muggles out there and witches. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm not good at the intro, you know. Travis is down to a beat and he swings it over to me, but it's just tricky to just swing it off on my own here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, some plugs. Check out our social great. media. You're Thank great. you, Dylan. Social media, geekfirst.ca is our home base, geekfirstcast is our Twitter. Geekverse is our Facebook. Be sure to check us out also on our Patreon because our Patreon has ad-free early exclusive episodes that drop, including every single episode of the Harry Potter retrospective. So almost a year before they're set to come out on the main feed. Almost a year. Is Hell that yeah. so? Uh-uh. Excited. Just what Travis says. I'm just just what Travis him. says. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to time with Fantastic Beasts or the game or something along those lines. Fantastic but if you're Beasts. whatever comes first. Whatever comes <laughs> yeah. first. If you're on the Patreon, then you're getting this episode now. And I I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> you. So yeah. I am. I guess if it comes out like a year, you should say it's coming out. You know, May twenty seventh or whenever you get this out. It's coming out now. Yeah. yeah you right say now. now, the freeloaders they don't know. They don't know. Eight twenty one p.m. They don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Thursday. The They're ship like, is now. Sailed. Is now. What is he? <laughs> <laughs> 
the future is now. Uh, I am the. Ooh. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, Malfoy's basement, Taylor Field. <laughs> the entire room, <laughs> the entire basement. Damn. I don't think anyone's ever been a room as their title, but I like it. I am Beetle the Bard, Kirkland Patser. I am Hercaster Dilmus. I am the master of death, Jessica. Yes, yes, great group of folks here, as you already know. So, who wants to kick us off and talk about where this movie fits? Like, like the aesthetic, the overall, just the quick thoughts of this film. I can. Um, oh yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this one, uh, this movie, I feel like is one that. Uh, I've probably not seen too much either, like maybe only from start to finish, like maybe three times in my life. But for some reason, I feel like this is always the movie that's on TV and I don't have cable. But whenever I'm just like chilling or I see, you know, I'm at my parents place or something. And I put Harry Potter on. It always seems to be this movie specifically when they're just chilling in the woods, like doing nothing, which is like half the movie. Uh, so I don't know why that's that happens to be the case. I'm sure they do like marathons and that's just the hour that I happen to tune in. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a very interesting movie to go back to, um, especially watching everything back to back because I, I mentioned on our last episode with the Half-Blood Prince that it kind of felt like the biggest cliffhanger of the movies so far. Like It felt like it didn't really have that conclusive as, of an ending. It felt like it was really just leading into the next one. And this this movie feels like the middle movie in a trilogy. Uh, if that were the first one in the, the final three movie trilogy. And, uh, you know, so like there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but actually feels like the least happens plot wise throughout this movie. And it feels like that middle, that middle movie where, you know, you're just waiting for the last stuff. You got all the setup already and you're just kind of doing some stuff in between. But even within that, I feel like not much happens. Um, and it's different than, then the way we talked about that with the last movie where there was a lot of the movie where there wasn't really tons of plot going on, but there was a lot of like fun slice of lifestyle, uh, just school hangout time. But I feel like the, that portion of this movie is kind of boring and we can talk about the specifics of that later. But uh, overall, I think I was a little interested in this one. I feel like there's a lot thrown in here just to pad it out and make it the length of a full movie that fits in with the rest of them when there really isn't that much going on. So um, not to spoil my my ranking if we uh, do that at some point, but I feel like this will probably be the bottom one on my list. Um, there's there's some parts I really enjoy, but I think overall it uh, doesn't have anything that really stood out to me or any characters, moments, or, or things that I feel like we haven't seen before or that felt like new and, and interesting. Um, so a little bit of a scrambled thoughts, but that's, that's what I got for you this week. Yeah, I uh, when I was watching this one, basically ever since I think the fourth movie, I've just been like thinking about where these are in my rankings as I'm watching them, which is tough when you haven't seen like the you know the, the earlier movies. So, um, uh, like, uh, sorry, Goblet of the Fire. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is up here. And then I watch the next movie. I'm like, oh no, gotta rearrange this one. And then every time that I've seen these movies, gotta rearrange them, which definitely makes sense but it's still it's kind of fun to just compare all these movies as i'm watching them because there's certain moments in this movie that i really really like in comparison to let's just say like the first one but then i'm like was well, this just recency bias because <laughs> like when i was watching the first movie i 
freaking loved it and i'm like oh this is definitely way up there on the list so i i'm excited to just see what my final list is uh after we finish part two but this is part one and yeah i again since we're in the later films like dylan i've just seen these significantly less than like the first three probably um just because i had them on dvd when i was younger and just would rewatch them all the time but um so there's definitely a lot of things that i i feel like i kind of like i like i know like the the general i don't know time frame of what happens in the movie but there's certain like details that i kind of miss or maybe like character behavior that i just didn't catch up on catch on the first i don't know couple times i've seen these movies um so it's kind of fun to to have that with more of a i don't know adult eye or just like a eye for detail like looking at these things because i know that we're gonna be dissecting on these casts so there was a lot of moments that i did enjoy in this film but i do think overall this will probably be uh lower on my list just because there's certain character stuff that happens that i just (laughs) don't really like um well we'll get into details later on but just overall thoughts um yeah so like that stuff i didn't really care for and um but like visually i i thought this was a very very nice looking movie there's a lot of like just beautiful wilderness shots just you know when they're camping and all stuff like that um makes you want to go hiking (laughs) makes you want to go hiking yeah exactly um so like all that stuff's really good and I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'll know more how I feel about the movie after we dissect certain scenes because there's been moments in this where I've come in with an idea and thought that I really either liked or disliked something. And then whether it be Dylan, Jessica, or Taylor, they just like totally swayed my opinion. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that totally changes the way that uh, or the level that I appreciate certain moments. So, But overall, it's just somewhere in the middle. I think it's kind of lower on the overall rating, but yeah. So, because I'm ladies going to first, assume Taylor's yeah. going to say ladies, <laughs> ladies first. first. Yeah. Uh, I definitely found myself zoning out a lot watching this one. Found myself, you know, checking my phone and just kind of being overall not sucked into everything. I have the least amount of notes and like facts, things like that for this movie. And part of that is obviously, you know, they took a book and split it in two. So there's only, you know, yes, you, when you put the two together, you get a lot more, but everything that happens in this book is at the end. Like the next movie is just so much of the climax and, you know, the battle of Hogwarts, everything that happens. So this one is just build up. And I really... When I think of this movie in, you know, before watching it today, I, I always think of kind of that, the, the kind of major pieces, you know, the tale of three brothers, um, huge piece, Dobby dying at the end. Them. What? <laughs> I didn't get that. That was Creature. Yeah. That was Creature. So, you know, the, there's a few big things, but the the three or four main things that stick out really feel spaced out in a two and a half hour movie. So I don't, I don't think I remember this one being as kind of slow and, and more just, I guess it's really kind of plot driven, but in an unexciting way, which is unfortunate. So 
I'm kind of with Dylan that I think this one will end up placing lower than I expected it to in my overall rankings. But I, yeah, I'm kind of excited to hear what you guys did think. I know, uh, as I said, this is very low notes for me, but I know Dylan always comes in with some good questions. So I still expect this to be a solid two and a half hour discussion as per usual. Oh, hell yes. We're staying. We're I got staying. just as much notes as always. So I'm ready to go. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. Um, this this is definitely an interesting Harry Potter movie for me and just like my history because I'll never forget when I worked at the movie theater at the time, you get free movies and all that. And they 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 liked me as an employee there so when you're only technically when you work at a theater you're not allowed free candy you're allowed free popcorn and drinks that's the rule and you're allowed one guest with you if you pre-book it with the manager one guest to get in free with you for <laughs> movies so here i come it's my birthday i show up with seven of my friends and i'm like yeah we just want to see a movie she's like all right you guys all get to go in see harry potter deathly Hells part one for free i'm like oh we get free popcorn uh, drinks i would just like to say i like how you showed up with seven people it's very fitting oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah i guess that's true yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> didn't you didn't kill them all off <laughs> 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 oh no but it was just it was a good time and this movie forever has that like positive memory for me and i always thought it was very much just a dark take but again right from the start of this film it just the score kicks in the score is very very notable on its own i love how it starts and it's just like, okay we're right in the action and it goes just it's full on dark i feel like this is the first harry potter movie that doesn't start off right away with harry in some in-depth like story line wise well, this was like full on with like malfoy manor and everything i was so. gonna say the last the last one started pretty dark as well, right? You got like Bellatrix laughing. I killed Sirius Black. Like True. that's pretty dark. And then you True, got the death. But we eaters, we have this like, teacher that gets Harrier betrayed. Striking. We have a teacher that gets like friends with Snape, and he has to watch as she gets killed and then eaten by Nagini. Right? That's pretty dark. Oh yeah, that's that's taking it up a notch for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 definitely a movie that um, it sets the pace. I definitely agree, though. It definitely feels like it was long, and there were so many important things that were spaced out over just filler, I would say. I'm definitely like, okay, we're getting through this, so we can get to part two. I mean, part two's got good stuff, but we'll get to that. Yeah, this felt like a movie where... I feel like it's become a meme that I like fast-forward everything that I watched for the cast. <laughs> That's not true. I've done it for two things. One of them is because we had to watch an entire season of a show before I went to Nepal like five days later. So I straight up didn't have time. <laughs> and then the time was... What was that show called? That that dating like uh, hot... Love is Blind. Oh, Love is Blind. blind. It was, the other one was for that show. And I don't, you know, I don't feel any shame for doing that for that show. But I felt like this was a movie that, you know, you could fast forward through big chunks of it. And it's not like you're really missing much. Like even, even if it has like that kind of Lord of the Rings thing where there's a lot of shots of just people walking. But I feel like those scenes aren't even that interesting in this movie. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, it's like those are my favorite parts of the movie. It's just like... You know, drone shots of like the gang just running over hills. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. um, Taylor, you said that you get to bring one friend in for free, yet you showed up with seven, and they were all let in. Is that because because you also set up that the manager really or you were really well liked there? Is that be, is that why they let you have all those seven people in? Yeah. So initially, I was Impressive. like, other people were going to pay, and one person was okay with not paying. I just picked whoever, and 
yeah, we showed up and the manager's like, yeah, you guys can all go in. It's all good. Wait, so only one person got in for free, you and the other person. That was the initial plan. But okay. when we showed up, the manager said, I no, see, you guys I can see. all go. So nice. the theater was extremely about, dead that night. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what about part two? Well, she's like, no, you used up all your friends. I didn't on, work there on. during okay. that time. <laughs> why, well, I mean, if you... why didn't Shay ever hook us up like that, Kirk? Oh. Only one, only one friend. <laughs> Stricter rules. She was, yeah, she, yeah. she was not as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I wanted because I think there's a lot that goes on in the start of this movie, but I wanted to. There was one note I had last time, and since we were going long, I didn't end up bringing it up, but um, it, it kind of is true in this movie as well. And it was just that I feel like I had a memory, like you know, we talked about before how I had this memory that like Draco was like a really awesome villain, really entertaining, but then he ended up being like kind of a nothing character through a lot of these movies. And now this one and the last one, he actually has more going on. I feel like I've always really liked Lupin uh remus as a character but i feel like he is just one of the least interesting and worst characters like he has a great arc in the third movie and then everything after that is very disappointing and it makes me a little bummed out because i know that there's a big emotional moment with him in the in the last movie and i don't remember how exactly it goes down but i don't know if that's going to hit me as hard because i feel like this movie and the last one in particular and then he's not in was he in five? At all? He was in five. Um, I feel like in these last three movies, he has like one scene where he talks to Harry and they don't show any sort of love or affection for another one another. It's just like Lupin's like mad at him for some reason and is really short and says some like kind of annoying comment. And then that's like his whole character. And that, that's it's been going three movies strong now where that's exactly what he does in all of them. Um, so so what do you what do you guys think? It, like, obviously, it's a screen time thing. You can't allot everyone, you know, 20 minutes. But uh, I, f I feel like I have a memory of really liking this character. But now I'm like, I don't know why I liked him so much. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Um, I can't remember if it was last episode where you uh, were just bringing up how Lupin's character just really like he had his moment, in the third one. And then everything after that, he's just kind of fallen flat. And um I mean, I feel like I was kind of like put off when you initially brought it up. I'm like, what? what are you talking about Lupin? Lupin's great. And I'm just like holding on to like that Prisoner of Azkaban memory. Yeah. But then like especially like watching like, you know, talking about it with you, uh, discussing it and then going into this movie. And again, I'm like, fuck, I think Dylan's right. I'm gonna have to admit to him because <laughs> like, yeah, he, it definitely is just one of those things where he is like integral to just the plot for prisoner of azkaban because of his relation to Sirius black and teaching harry the patronus charms and like he, he was a very very important character then but then unfortunately just the way that the story is going there's just bigger players and he just falls to the wayside and when he does have like talking moments he's not just coming off of like a like a father figure where like he was coming off to harry in the in prisoner of azkaban it's more of just like this is the plan and you're going against the plan and what he's the hell's matter with you? At him. No, he's just, he's always pissed. Yeah. He yeah. must be close to the moon cycle or something. But, um, <laughs> but I never like really thought about that until again, we're doing these retros and we're just dissecting mm -hmm. the movie. So naturally it'll come up because before I was just like, Oh, I loved Remus in the third movie. So therefore he's a great character, which mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of lying to myself at that point. Cause I am, I'm, I'm starting to think that, just seeing him on screen and in these moments, I'm like, man, it is disappointing that we didn't get more. But again, at the end of the day, this was a very long movie. And the moments that I had with him weren't the best. I I don't know. I, I don't know 
Like, because you don't want to just invest a bunch of I, screen time on a character just to redeem him when really he's not that important sure. to the story I, from I this point on. It's, I mean, even Sirius is a character that has very little screen time uh, in the movies, even like kind of less so in the third one because he's like a big part of the plot. But part of him is that he's like, well, no one knows where he is and he's hiding in the castle kind of thing. <laughs> but you know, it, all it took is like that one scene where him and Harry are, are chatting off to the side or that scene where they're in. Uh, he's like telling him about the family tree and all that stuff. Like just one little scene uh, to show like what their relationship looks like. Obviously they kind of skip over everything in between where like they're building up that relationship, but you know, like one little scene feels like it's very effective. And I, I just don't know why that, why Remus hasn't had one of those like really character driven scenes in the last three. Um, it's a bit of a, bit of a bummer for me, but we'll see what happens in the last one. Cause I don't remember much about what he does in the last one i i will just say he doesn't he gets less screen time in the next one it looks like wow that's so, crazy because i so, remember that scene with like the the reviving stone or whatever the whatever it's called he's part of that but i don't really remember anything the about it, so. sorry that's the one <laughs> so that's a bit dis disappointing um I guess we could talk. There's a lot that goes on in the start of this movie. There's a lot yeah. of deep, dark stuff that goes on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, it, you know, even like the last movies, they do start off with like some darker stuff. But I feel like, you know, this one is like just Hermione uh, uh, obliviating her parents, removing their memory of her is like, whew, that's like one of the very first shots. And it just like hits so hard. And then. I mean, the Harry stuff with the, with the Dursleys doesn't really matter. It doesn't hit me as much, but it's still like there's a lot of dark <laughs> stuff that's going on, like from minute one of this movie. And as no, you guys the, the dinner scene and stuff like that. You weren't like, no, we're not going to see the Dursleys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know why we needed this shot. But okay. It's funny that you mention it because this is like this is the one that had the deleted scene where when they were Dursleys were leaving, I believe it was. Uh, Dudley, he goes up and I think he gives a hug to Harry in the deleted Ooh. scene or because wow. they're like, yeah, they're getting ready to go. And he I believe he, he gives him a hug or he does something just kind of like out of respect. And it was such a good moment. But other than that, mm. we just get them driving off in their car. Like, yeah. Why do we have to leave? <laughs> I think that's what Dudley's saying yeah. to uh, Vern. Vernon. How many are there? And that Aunt Petunia. If you're getting your quotes mixed up. <laughs> yeah. This first movie. <laughs> Whatever the mom's name is, she doesn't... I don't think she has a word. So I, I wonder how much money she made from this movie because she didn't say anything and she just has a quick, like, three-second shot. So I wonder if it's, like, a few thousand. I don't know. I, I mean, it must be nice to get... I mean, maybe there's more in that deleted scene. But anyway. Yeah. Um, just, just, yeah. Like, so starts with Hermione and, like, all of this happens, like, before we even get the title <laughs> of the... Uh, like the Harry Potter like mm. title of the movie and like even like looking back when I was in the theaters I thought that was just like a holy shit what is going on here um but I I like watching it this time around I actually really I really like that because I feel like they really just emphasized that like the whole world is being affected by this not just mm -hmm. the wizarding world like 
and I think they even show some like news uh, newspaper clippings or whatever. It's like, you know, more mu- muggles are dead, six muggles are dead, or whatever it is. Like they're actually just like killing non magic users now. Yeah. So it's it's like really getting amped up. So you do kind of understand Hermione's reasoning for just like wanting to keep her parents out of it and all that stuff. And um, I definitely appreciate it the most this time around. And it is a really heavy scene to just start the movie like that. The the music's all sad and um i can't quite um so it, it, it goes that scene and then do credits roll after that or does it go to like everyone's family kind of like because because it, it goes to, like her and then like harry the dudley's just fucking off um uh ron's family kind of like just being a little oh storm's coming or whatever that it's just like a, a depressing yeah. sad opening um I, th- I, I think even there you get dumbledore just free falling it's right. uh really sets the tone and it's like okay yeah, we're in the end game now yeah yeah it happens pretty immediately and sorry so right after like the title comes up is that when we go to malfoy manor yes I think yeah so. <laughs> and then it's just oof that scene when you see that one teacher just like yeah i was wondering have we seen that teacher before like i the name sounds kind of familiar but i don't remember if i don't think like, so i don't think so no She's like yeah, so I feel like studies. I don't know. I I Your wonder relations. why they chose like, like it still has impact and you still feel it with the way she's talking to Snape and the way Draco is reacting to it. But I feel like I don't know why wouldn't you take like a known character for that role? Maybe that would have a bit more impact or something. So I don't know. I thought it was weird if we haven't seen her before that like they picked her of all people. I mean, I was fine for it just because. Like if I if it was like let's say Trelawney or something, um, and she just covered in blood upside down, I feel like I kind of would have a hard time just discerning who she was, um, until they I guess said her name and all that stuff. But I like I was okay with it, especially since like her position was like, uh, mm-hmm. again I can't quite remember if it was Muggle Studies or Muggle yeah. Relations or something. I mean the but... scene is still brutal even if you don't know. Who oh, it is. it's brutal, yeah. <laughs> and well, uh, I mean you have to consider Voldemort is all about pure bloods, right? That's what, so yeah. For... That's literally what he says. Take, yeah. Yeah. The teacher that is all about positive muggle relations and be right. like, you know, screw this chick, you know, especially because totally. that's how everything that happens in the ministry, right? They completely, they do like the blood. Um, they put the person in the chair, the blood trials and things like that. So uh, to me, it makes sense that they would take this teacher that it's all about muggle relations. Mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm. me, I, I was fine with not having seen classes on muggle studies first. You know, yeah, I went to school studies. for that. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, I've done my time. <laughs> They're just yeah. doing like algebra in there. Yeah. Actually. I mean, I guess, years of it. I guess I was just wondering, like, if there was even a single scene where she's mentioned or like that name even comes up as like, oh, I got to get to Charity Burbage's class. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. It seemed like they just invented a character on the spot. Uh, when it's like, well, we've been at Hogwarts for six years. Why do we? Why? Why is this someone we've never heard of before? Uh, but yeah, it doesn't. Ultimately, this scene's still effective. With uh, I gotta, I gotta say, no Snape's just like a rival to the manor. It was like so badass the way he just like floats in there, does a little wand wave, just like makes the the fence just turn to smoke or whatever it is, and just his strut. I'm like, man, this guy is just he's a man on a mission. Mm-hmm. and uh it's so interesting though because like i remember the first time i saw these movies like not i never read the books so i didn't know like the whole uh plot twist thing with snape so like i'm just like fuck this guy as soon as he's on screen i'm like oh he's a murderer you know he's a terrible man and like just 
now with the knowledge that I have and like just picturing him having to enter that room with all the death leader death eaters, let alone Snape. And then you have like an old coworker just floating on the table. It's like holy fuck, man. Like that guy He was ready to pop off. Holy shit. <laughs> steam. Steam. You just pressurizing steam with uh just how much pressure he's under. That was a brutal analogy. I choked like, on that one, but <laughs> he put coal up his ass before walking in and walked oh. out with a diamond. Yeah, exactly. Great That's analogy. a better one. Yeah. Everyone, coming out, uh... replace the disc. <laughs> Everyone in that scene was just—it was so intense because you're dealing again. You're dealing with this homicidal dark lord who's powerful and can't die at this point, and. I mean, what do you do? Like Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy is just <laughs> totally, he's just such a wreck. He's just a fucking wreck at this point. He's oh. like, Malot, Hostring, Dragon Hostring. Like he can't oh, even he's talk. Yeah, yeah no, he's, <laughs> he's done. I mean, so, he just got out of Azkaban. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask, because he doesn't look too well. Yeah, but He's Bellatrix just, like, got out, and Bellatrix was doing way better than he was. But she is, like, she Same. already yeah. went through, like, the whole loop of, like, going completely mm-hmm. crazy and then, like, looping back around and finding something new in her life, where I feel like Lucius is just scared every day of his life still. And I mean, that's, really his, I think, baby. the first time being in there, or it seemed like recently getting out, at least. Probably, you know pretty close to losing his soul all his happiness is gone mm. and not to mention he's losing his wand too his only self yeah. Oh, yeah. F- form of defense and i mean the dark lords the, the dark lord people that whenever the death eaters is the word I was looking for, they don't really have a lot of fun you know so i feel like even no. when he gets out it's not like oh let's throw a party for lucius it's like let's go kill various families and that's i don't know i don't feel like that gets your spirit up even for someone super evil maybe maybe for maybe for voldemort the Dark Lord has been known to just attack his own men, his own followers. He's been so, known. Yeah. He just got to practice his skills wherever wherever it becomes necessary. You're going to get an ad break, and then you're going to be right back to the episode. Coming soon from Dr. What? I think that your verse has exploded. Are, are you telling me? Hey, did anybody notice that the universe just exploded? Beware the Ides of March on March 15th, only on Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase at bit.ly.com slash funny and clean. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I absolutely love, though, when they're just like, chatting or whatever it's all just like a regular conversation also you should like grow it's like olivander or something in the dungeons and he just like snaps Wormtail! like oh it's just he's so menacing um and just like like in in that room too like it's just i i, I feel like they just did such a good job at just showing how intimidating this guy is to even just like these super evil characters around his table like he's just like they're just there to entertain him basically and like just completely as peons even though these are like powerful death eaters and in, in and of themselves it's just I, I i love just like seeing the gravitas that voldemort just brings to that that dinner table and mm-hmm. um just touching upon severus again like there's i forget the chap who uh was who was disagreeing i'm i do some yeah <laughs> it's because we have carl on our on our cast now i uh <laughs> i'm picking up some of his lingo but um uh the chap who was like disagreeing with snape saying like harry potter is like moved or something he's the dude with the ponytail it, is it yaxley probably i'm not i'm not sure we'll just go with that that's his name now yeah. but he he's like he's like countering snape's like logic or whatever and then snape is just like quick like snapping like no you have no idea what you're talking about you know blah 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 that's a false lead like like again having the knowledge that i know now that he is a double agent in that room it's like to have like the confidence in in yourself to just like I don't know. I, I I just feel like I'm a I'm appreciating like the character Snape so much more the more I see the show. Um, spoiler alert for the the f- finale. <laughs> he's a good guy, but uh, I, I mean, I, he's I don't know if I'd call him a good guy. He's a double agent, and he's uh, you know, he's working for both sides. But I wouldn't call him a good guy. I'd say he's a good guy that got thrown into a tough situation. Maybe that's the best. He got way. taken advantage of. He's uh yeah he's he's got a lot going on that's why I think he's so interesting he's like yeah. he's like one of if not the most dynamic character across these movies I mean I guess maybe not so far because a lot of it comes together in the last one where yeah. it kind of reveals a lot of stuff but obviously we know that a lot of the things he's been doing are have uh, double meanings to them uh, as well like we talked about with him training Harry in that one particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, the mind the mind magic stuff so yeah he's definitely yeah he's great um everything about him i i so i, I kind of forget how a lot of the stuff goes down in the last one so i'm excited to uh see some of those character moments with him and harry um i think i think yeah. that as well you know it was kind of touched on here it is just a really great way we haven't had a lot of time with Voldemort. you know he wasn't in the fifth one at all in the fourth one it was just kind of that introduction uh half-blood prince is just kind of people doing his bidding so this is the first real time that he gets some major screen time to actually see 
what he's like. And I think it's a really well done way of showing, you know, just how much fear he instills in his followers looking at how, you know, like, like he did with the Lucius. It's Drake. I'm sorry, my Lord, dragon heartstring, you know, and, and Lucius has been this character for, you know, he tried to kill Dobby right away, tried to, you know, kill Harry. He's tried to, um, or not try to, but just completely brainwash Draco. And then to have this powerful character for the last however many movies be put in its place, it's just such a great introduction to this character. And yes, we don't see Voldemort again for this one, really. He is a huge part in the next one. So I think that's a great yeah. way to kind of show how you're supposed to feel about him. Uh, we see him again in this movie. We learn that he is a grave robber. He goes to dead bodies. And he like flies in style. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. keep shouting out that badass smoke the Death Eaters ride. I don't I don't I don't care if it makes me bad, I just want that power. It's so badass. I love too, because like when he's like chasing uh Harry or whatever, and I think it's when I like, think you're Hedwig's jumping face. Oh, in this movie you mean? Yep. Yeah, so they're oh, so they're right. they all do the again. I'm kind of jumping. So I apologize to everyone, but the, the everyone does the polyjuice potion, and then they're just flying. And then Hedwig like saves them. Uh, takes takes you know the shot for them. R.I.P. Hedwig. Very sad. That's um, very sad. <laughs> and then Hedwig, Hedwig fucks everything up. Excuse the language. Yeah. <laughs> I also Does think he, that oh. shot was gonna miss them anyways, so it was like a unnecessary sacrifice. But yeah, he definitely like that's the reason that Voldemort knew where he was, right? Yeah, yeah. So and that's then, the reason that that's how they knew what Harry was the real Harry. Yeah, no, totally fucks it so, up. So sorry, actually, you go first, Kirk, and then I have, a, I have a yeah. counter. Better. um just like as soon as that moment happens you just hear like voldemort get into his head just like that like screechy hairy noise or whatever then you know his scars aching or whatever and then you see just the smoke of voldemort come in i love that scene i feel like i just completely underappreciated that scene before it's just so it's like holy fuck the main like the raid boss just entered the room and he's here <laughs> and you are under equipped they're not ready for this and i just I, I love that little showdown however i did think it was kind of strange how harry's just like knocked out and then like like a magnet his wand just like <laughs> just like starts like countering voldemort i don't know if there's some explanation for that reason originally i thought magnet. it was because their their wands were just intertwined but at the same Hagrid point, was not he's using lucius's wand so that Hagrid wouldn't have happened was, oh very alarmed <laughs> wasn't Hagrid passed out at that point oh no he got away you know that was their mind do you, out. do you ever wonder why they all changed to harry's and they didn't just change all of them to like a random muggle or something like that I never once thought of that. But like, why didn't they change Harry to a different character? Like, it just like I feel like would have made more sense. I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have made sense to change Harry to someone else, and then everyone else to Harry, right? Yeah, like if they that were all Mad Eye Moody's, then it would just totally fuck with the bad guys. Well, no, they need to be Harry's because then it's then they don't know who to go for. But I think you make a good point that the actual Harry should be changed into someone else, like Hagrid. That would have been a twist. Yeah, Hagrid, Hagrid yeah. he turns into Harry. Ooh. Exactly. Then the roles are swapped. And then who's Hedwig? <laughs> Scabbers. <laughs> yeah. What's What's Hermione's cat? <laughs> I was so th- now that we've we're talking about this. Um, there's a lot that goes on in this scene. Is there's another character death as well. But also, you know, we talked at length about polyjuice potions in the past, and then 
you know, we talked about how they come up again later, but this is it's been a while because that happened in the second movie, right? This lot, and and then I get actually I get in the fourth as well as when they're being used. But um, is it is it like what's the story here? Because we talked about in the second one how it takes like a month to make a polyjuice potion, and like the effect would, did not last very long at all. Like it lasted like maybe ten minutes. Um, is it is it just that like Mad Eye is better at making them? Like he's making a stronger brew. Because I, I don't really foresee that he was, you know, prepping this potion a month in advance for this exact night. And then I don't even think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but did he take any, like, of Harry's hair to put it in there? Yeah, before Hermione he okay. grabbed it. Yeah. yeah. I missed that part. But still, I feel like, uh, you know, those was, was a lot of polyjuice potion that he probably wasn't making for a month. And then the same thing happens later when, when the gang goes into the Ministry of Magic. Like, they weren't making that potion for a month. So... Either was that thrown out the window or is just assumed that Hermione was not very good at making it all those years ago. Because I thought there was a specific thing of the plot. Is that like it, it takes a month for this thing to get made? Well, I mean, I don't know. Do we, do we know that it has an expiry date? Maybe it just is usable for months at a time as long as you don't put hair in it. So you think they made it like just made a vat of it in advance and just kind of keep it? I think you could go buy some. I mean, you know what? Honestly, you probably could. I think for the Hermione thing, I think she probably had it made and in her bag for an emergency. Hmm. Um, But but I think buying it is honestly a very feasible option. I feel like the the plotline of spending like a month to make it. I think when you're a second year student at Hogwarts and you got to steal and slowly acquire the ingredients that takes a long time to prepare it and that everything. Wasn't, no, that wasn't it. I remember I had I looked up on the internet that there was some ingredient thing that took time. I retract my case. I've been debunked. But I will say that I did look up your question because that one did interest me. And the reason why everyone turned into Harry is because Voldemort had given orders that only he was allowed to kill Harry. So instead of all the Death Eaters just killing everyone because it didn't matter, they they wouldn't kill any of the seven because they don't know which one is real Harry. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, who got their ear hole gone? That was Fred or George? 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 Georgie. That must have been must have been Bellatrix. Georgie. (laughs) All the ear puns in the universe, in the world, and you go with holy. Um so also (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. Also in this scene, Mad Eye dies, and then also Mundungus is a character that gets introduced and then is revealed to be a betrayer. Well, I don't know if he's revealed to be a betrayer then. Right, it's, or is it later on that it's revealed that he no, was a betrayer? They said that uh, Madungus sh- shot him down and flew off. I think is what it was, or something, wasn't it? I think Wait. he just took one look at Voldemort and then apparated. I think he that's what they said. Off. Yeah, yeah, right. So he just so, yeah shit himself. Once again, I feel like I don't know. Seems like I don't know. I feel like to you know introduce a character and everyone's like who's this guy and they're like i don't know he's a new guy but i kind of trust him all right and then like two minutes later he gets betrayed like i don't know if that's 
super compelling storytelling I, from like a movie perspective. I, I did not like that at all because like even it's not even like they introduced it. it's like don't like, worry you Lupin can trust them. It's like Mundungus. You know? yeah. he could but, do that. Mundungus, you're with me because I don't trust you the most. It's like why the fuck is he even there? Yeah. What does he bring? Yeah, to why the, they, yeah. What, they, what does he bring to the table? <laughs> it's like okay, this guy that you're introducing, very sus name. First of all, don't ever trust a Mundungus. But then Fletcher, just, no, yeah. <laughs> just his like his behavior. He was just, oh no, don't worry about it. Like I'm, I'm in it. It's just like, okay, this guy's extremely, extremely he suspicious. Just looks us, you know. Yeah, like, the and then you seem like this guy, I can tell, is gonna do some bad shit. I feel like I forgot that Mad Eye got like an off-screen death too, and yeah. I feel like the reason I feel like that should be a really big deal, but I also just really. Like he's an interesting character, but I just don't really have much attachment to him because all the scenes that I've really had to like the character, it was Barty Crouch Jr. So yeah. it's like that was something I always just thought was weird that we didn't really get more moments with Mad Eye. He would just show up. He's got the crazy eye. Everybody knows who he is. He's the badass or right. And uh, but I don't know. I I just like his his death happened, and <laughs> it I was still literally... feel like he is deserving of an on screen death though. I mean, I feel like he's mm -hmm. been built up enough as a character, and you're right. Obviously, ninety five percent of the screen time we've had with him wasn't truly him. But at the same time, like it still was in a way. You know, we were still getting time like with this actor and seeing right. him, and he still like acts pretty similar to the way our actual Mad Eye is. You know, because it actually is the same actor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like he was deserving of a bit more, and it's. It's weird that we have this character who's introduced out of nowhere and is a throwaway character who ends up being his downfall. And then he is just a, ends up being a throwaway character. He just ends up being like fodder in that moment. Um, so I don't know. It's like obviously Hedwig, like Hedwig comes off, comes across as a bigger deal. It, maybe it was just a weird idea to have two characters die in that moment. Um, maybe you could have spread those out for more impact or, or made each one of them feel purposeful, but instead it, it I don't know. It, I, I like the scene. It's a fun scene, but it is, uh, I don't know. There's some weird character stuff that goes on there. Do you, are you guys bothered by Mad-Eye dying off screen as well, Taylor, Jessica? Ladies first. <laughs> I honestly didn't think about it until you're bringing it up just now. And I think part of that is exactly like you said. I mean, we really don't have much screen time with him since the fourth one. So for the fifth mm -hmm. and the sixth he's really not a big character in the books we do get more time with him he spends time at 12 um Grimalod place if i pronounce that it's right not the black residence yeah so uh because he is part of the order of the phoenix <laughs> i was wondering where you're gonna go there the order of dumbledore's army yeah <laughs> my clans death eater you know what, what is he again <laughs> We're, we're getting to the end of every everything's kind of melding together making yeah. my my polyjuice potion here for the past month and yeah, a half <laughs> so i don't know to me i didn't think it was a big deal and i mean what was the rating on this movie did that have something to do with it because even if we think about like wormtail's death was not anything extraordinary did he die not in this what I don't even remember him dying. They, they kick him into like the you know, the prison cell. Yeah, I thought he just got like they killed him. Stunned. No, yeah. So, okay. So I'll throw this out now. What? So in in the books, um. So who killed him then, Harry or Ron? Dobby. It would have been Dobby. Dobby did it? I thought they. I thought Ron or Harry hit him with a spell. 
No, because Dobby was like, who wants his wand after he just fucking blasts him? He in the cracked back. his head as he fell on the stairs and died. <laughs> it's very graphic. <laughs> Brains and all. Sorry, Jessica. What, what were you going to say? Um, in the book, he the hand that Voldemort gave him actually like chokes him to death. And he's like begging Harry to save him. And Harry's just like, nah, that's cool. That would so have been a cooler does... death for sure. Yeah, so he it, he does die right then. The movie just did a very lackluster kind of. So he's not in the eighth one then, is what you're saying? Uh, he is not. He doesn't. It doesn't say that he dies in the movies. He just gets stunned by Dobby. But you, are, yeah, that hand thing though, that's wild. Well, he maybe he got locked in there, and then no one thought to come for him because who would go talk to that guy? And then he just died of starvation. They assumed the... everyone was still in the dungeon. Although I feel like he could apparate through the wall, but I don't know. on the Harry Potter wiki, it says he died at Malfoy Manor. Yeah, late March nineteen ninety eight, so... age thirty seven to thirty eight. That's really weird. Um, so that's what I mean. So Mad Eye not having this movie's a not good at, at is... killing people. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is this one? What are we rated? It's PG thirteen. Well, I don't know. I feel like the scene with killing the teacher, like with her like bleeding body, like just that's very graphic. I don't <laughs> know. Like I feel like that's more yeah. graphic than having Mad Eye like get hit by a spell and fall off a broom, like which, which we saw Harry do in like the first. Maybe they I don't know what at PG thirteen. Are you allowed like two crazy deaths per movie or something? I don't know. I'm just gonna say I just bought Willy's Wonderland and it's rated fourteen A and it has actual sex and blood and everything and there's a lot of nudity. So Harry Potter could clearly do whatever they want with that age rating. I mean, it's been eleven years since it came out, you know? <laughs> Teenagers are a little different these days. A little hornier. Like, you know, yeah. if you're gonna stab <laughs> Dobby if you're gonna stab Dobby in the heart until he's like just bleeding out, I feel like you can throw a spell at Mad Eye and have him tumble off screen and that's his death. I don't know. It falls the exact same way as Hedwig. I think the part that also... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the... I feel like the aspect about it too that seems weird to me is that it's never mentioned by anyone. Like, they're like, Mad Eye died and then they're like, but what about George? His ears kind of hurt. And then like the whole movie goes on and no one ever mentions Mad Eye ever again. They party, and they I have a wedding. That he's mentioned it <laughs> yeah, yeah, they party. Like, they party, yeah. they have a wedding. They're like, yeah, get rid of that guy, that creepy guy. Like, I don't know. It's weird that yeah, the next scene it's just kind of mentioned, and then like they're more concerned about George's ear, and then and then I mean that turns out to be nothing, and then I don't know. It's it seems like a, turns a bit out of a to jumble be nothing. <laughs> Great diagnosis. It's true. Um, I just before we get too far away from it because it seems like mm-hmm. the Mad Eye topic is kind of dying out. I wanted to shout out. I do love the Harry Potter transformation scene. Oh yeah, where, me like, too. You, for you sure. Yeah, Ron just like shrink, then <laughs> Madungus like shoots up a little bit, and <laughs> you know Hermione's got like these super bushy eyebrows, and just that. That's I find that scene is fun, and then yeah, um, for Harry, sure. And then everyone, yes, <laughs> you know, I I always enjoy that scene. I think it's a really fun play. You know, uh, Fleur, don't look at me, I'm hideous. <laughs> Taking her bra off, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, so. I thought they, I thought they did a really good job too at like having like Daniel Radcliffe like personify like just the mannerisms of the individual characters. Like you have Hermione just like cross armed, just just like patiently waiting. Like you could just tell who was who without them actually talking i thought they did a really good job at that and yeah that scene's just it's just lots of fun having them all kind of just 
shoot around to Harry's size or whatever it might be. Because, yeah, you got friend George that are just way taller than him. <laughs> and then Mendungus. Friend George, we're identical now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they always got great one-liners. Yeah. So just that was my kind of one last note on that scene before we completely got away from it. I truly mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah, I had that note too. I love that. Um, I my The rest of my stuff is oh, really oh, no. like... I got I got one more from that scene. Please. Um, when because they're talking about who's going with who and uh hagrid says or mad eye says you'll be going with hagrid and he's just like you know i brought you here when you were no bigger than a a bro truckle and a little <laughs> shout out to that's what newt's commander carries in his pocket in fantastic beasts mm-hmm. is that little stick creature mm. and uh I don't know. I thought it was just a fun little show. That's out. like a Good catch. that's like a Harry Potter trivia question that like only yeah. the super fans. Would, like I'll never remember that. Even right now, I don't even <laughs> yeah. remember what the name is <laughs> of the remember. thing you said. <laughs> well, also, I mean, it's also funny because if you think about Harry as a baby, I mean, to Hagrid as a giant or half giant, yeah. it's probably very similar size to an actual bro truckle on uh, Eddie Redmayne. Definitely. Fun little kind of Easter egg that was caught in there. Yeah, good catch. It's a good one. Um, so there's the sequence with the wedding, and then there's the part with uh, Ron, Hermione, and Harry kind of in Muggle Town, and then we go off to the travel sequence. Do you guys like all my stuff is kind of after? I don't know, do you guys have anything to say about the wedding? I or got like the one. Yeah, two oh, things in the wedding. But you, go I was gonna say before the wedding when Harry's about to just like fuck off and just. Right. Like I, I like and hate and hate that scene. <laughs> I, I really like it because one, you just see how fucking fit Ron is getting in these movies. He is blooming he's like a flower. Iron. He's pumping. Yeah, he's trading he's... for his Eternals role. <laughs> he's only he in Eternals. Be... No, no, no. This is a joke. Fuck you. Why'd you get me? Yeah. <laughs> he's only supposed to be seventeen. Oh, he's he's getting he's getting manly man. I respect it. But anyways, just like this whole idea of Harry's the chosen one. He doesn't want anyone else to die for him. So he just wants to go out on his own. And like, I understand that reason to an extent. But I don't know. I feel like up to this moment, especially like looking back on the Order of the Phoenix, when they he has like that hurrah moment of like, there's one thing that Voldemort has that we don't each other, you know, it's just like all about togetherness and like happiness and all that all that cringy stuff that's awesome fills your heart with warmth um <laughs> it, like i don't know i i just feel like he just kind of forgot about all these things that we've been building up that it's like it's all about you know the team aspect of it and again ron kind of wins him over with that little speech um so i do like those moments into it but i just think the whole mindset of just like oh i'm better out on my own i'm just gonna go out while death eaters are just hunting me and if i die i'm the only one that can kill voldemort so the whole world is just fucked like i just Again, it, like I understand it, but it's just so immature of Harry in that moment. And uh, so I was like 50 50 because I liked it, but I didn't because I'm like, fucking Harry, man, you're supposed to be smart. Like, I feel like up to this point, he's just been making strides in the right direction. Maybe take two steps forward, one step back, you know, mishap every once in a while. But in that moment, it's just like, dude, like we're in the second last movie. You don't remember what you've been learning this whole time? As a 17 year old, I mean, that's pretty on par. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. 17 year olds move <laughs> out because they don't want to be told by their parents to clean up the dishes, right? I mean, it, it makes sense that he would think that he has to go do things his own way and not have yeah. to listen to anyone else. On another note, though, in the books, he does that whole freak out in front of everyone after 
everything of like happens. fucking off like he's gonna yes. oh okay and so i i will say that i think that this is a better situation yeah. him trying to sneak out in the night and ron kind of being like but the magic of friendship you know, <laughs> yeah. how far would we really make it without hermione anyway totally I think, I think that was a way one of the few things that was better in the adaption yeah so. no yeah call. and like there's that line where ron's like um sorry uh harry is like i don't want anyone else to die for me he's like you think they're dying for you like it's like a bigger thing than like you're a key player in it but like there's a bigger plan so i did like that dialogue it's just i was just like come on man like i don't know just as a viewer i didn't like he's it, the chosen I, I one he thinks he can do it all and comparing it to what the book adaptation is i think i do really prefer this one because i do like that moment when he's like okay ron is my ride or die like you and i let's just let's just go do this ourselves and then he's like no like this is just unrealistic like it's just your emotions are getting yeah and so like i said 50 50 i really like that scene i really hate that scene but you're gonna get an ad break and then you're gonna be right back to the episode with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's an important scene, I think, because it just gets us to the wedding <laughs> true and uh, i mean uh, harry was kind of right in a way he kind of fucked up that wedding by uh not leaving but he learned a lot right because he got to talk to uh i forget the the writer's name right the old, the old boy and old boy. that estranged lady that i just had no idea who the hell she was mm-hmm. um i guess yeah we're at, we're at the wedding now taylor had a couple things for waiting yeah the thing i wanted to point out specifically was I mean, right before the wedding, we had actually one quick funny scene. <laughs> I loved when he's in there and he's he kisses uh, Jimmy. Oh, he's snogging. Then, yeah, snogging. he's snogging. <laughs> and I don't know who it was, but I'm just going to say Fred. He's just like standing there and uh, just like he's got it the was a George. Head. The whole the holy right. Yeah, he's standing there and he's just like eyeing up Harry's smirk. And like, it's just so funny. Um, but yeah, the, the scene where you have the new Minister for Magic, Ministry for Magic, or Minister, I guess, and he basically was doing like the Will and Testament of Dumbledore, right. giving the gifts and stuff. I thought that was very cool. Again, you got yeah, like the snitch, you got the touch upon of that original like Deluminator from the first film coming back, which I thought was super cool. Um, just all that kind of stuff was neat. And then the now at the wedding, the eeriness of when the wedding just came to a close and that glowy orb was like the minister for magic is dead and all this stuff it's like holy shit like they got fucked up <laughs> there there's so many moments throughout this series that i'm just like it just reminds me of lord of the rings there there's in this one obviously like we'll get to it with the horcrux and it's just like literally the ring just corrupting yeah. them oh, yeah. but in that moment too i um i think it's kingsley i hope i'm getting his name right he's like they're coming they're coming and it's literally like that line where <laughs> Gandalf's when they're in the mines of Moria and he's like they're coming they're coming and I was just like thinking of that moment and then all you of hear a sudden, the drums <laughs> you know like Whoa, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the little oh, goblin yeah. noises but uh it's just funny because 
I always got Lord of the Rings on my head. Uh, but definitely I mean, just I seeing like similarities. I feel like everyone who ever writes fantasy <laughs> is ripping off Tolkien in some way just because he's kind of the original, you know? Oh, he's, yeah. He's I feel like you, no, you can try your hardest. You'll always have some trope that he created. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, Taylor, I, I did really like that moment too. It's just, sure. it's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll have to wrap up soon. Nope, the Death Eaters are here. <laughs> just... I hope they said I do and exchange rings. Yeah, really, uh, really interesting. Really risky time to throw a wedding, but they had to, they had to do it, you know. <laughs> I can relate. You know, risky yeah, time to say, throw a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. Uh, anything else on those parts, or uh, should we? I don't like. Is there any? I don't think I have anything to say on the London like Muggle sequence, Muggle world sequence. Like it's. I, it's fine, but I don't. I don't know if there's anything that stands out to me. Just to quickly, t- I, I was just gonna say I do really like just seeing that trio in like the Muggle world. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fun because it's different than what we've seen. We've seen um, like Harry in there, obviously, but it's it's just it's fun to get that trio like going to a diner and then mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, does does Ron just not know what a cappuccino is? Like, do they just not have cappuccinos in like the Wizarding World? Because he was just like, uh, uh, oh, whatever no, she said, not... whatever she. <laughs> no, no, no way. <laughs> It's no, no, it's the yeah. same as him. Like later, when they're talking about the stories, and they're like, "Oh, I used to love when my mom would read True. Sip, sippity dippity or whatever," and they're both like, "The yeah. fuck is that?" No, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, a little Easter egg in that um, diner. So at the, this point that this was all happening, Daniel Radcliffe was trying to kind of separate himself from the Harry Potter image and he did an actual play and in the background of that diner is a poster for the play of mm. featuring daniel radcliffe that's on cool. it so that's yeah. cool. i don't know why you separate from harry potter when you're in like the nearing the finale just get it over with and then move on you know well, that's like that's like his like what age did he start he was like 11, 11 or something. That's like almost half your life of just being that role. I feel like he's having an identity crisis. He's like waking up. Yeah, you gotta go to Hogwarts. It feels like <laughs> well, this, is, this is him, him and Ron right there. Is that exact thing? He's just like, I need to go off on my own. I can't be Harry yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then he and goes off Swiss Army man. Weird indie yeah. films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he needed. Take a few years off and then do some weird indie films. Fun little fact to too. Since you mentioned Daniel Radcliffe doing a play, apparently Alan Rickman attended every single play that he ever did whether it was yeah that's a heartwarming little fun fact for you that is how sweet it's because he didn't have a mother to attend for him (laughs) is that is that real am i allowed to laugh okay yeah (laughs) don't laugh um in that sequence we also uh get introduced to hermione's bottomless bag i i think that's great i just really like the aesthetic i think it's kind of funny and i think it also makes sense for how they can have this big ass tent even though they're just kind of trekking with very little bags um so i i think that's fun yeah and like she has like her whole library in there like it's knocked over at some point it's just a fun little gimmick that is a very hermione thing I was I was gonna say too, like I, I I love that initially, like when I first watched the series, and I'm just like, oh, it's just fun to see more magic. But then she's like, she says specifically what type of charm it is, and it's just fun because now that I have these movies just in my my brain because we're going through them. Like she was like attending like charms classes, and she I think in yeah the last movie she. <sighs> Well, I don't remember the specific scene, but she she did something with charm, so it's, it's just fun to see it like introduced in an earlier movie and then like brought back in. It's not like she's just got some, I don't know. Let's just say she had a charm, and then she doesn't ever mention it in the previous movies. It wouldn't really matter, 
in the end of the day, but it, it just adds more because uh, it, it feels like she's actually, you know, she's going to school and learning things. And it's like, oh, yeah, she actually learned that. Like, I remember when she was saying that she was taking charms class or whatever it was. Small yeah. detail, well, but I just appreciated it. And the same thing with the tent, too, being brought up in the fourth one when they go to the Triwizard or not the Triwizard, um, the Quidditch World Cup. And mm -hmm. all the tents are like that, too. So it's not just like, oh, OK, we have a magical bag that goes forever, yeah. and a tent that goes forever. We've had these kind of callbacks to it now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And now that tent is inside of a bag. So it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that great piece Ooh. when she asks Harry to get whatever the potion is out of it and he's like digging around in it and he's just like, you know, screw this Accio potion. Yeah. And it just goes to show that how big it is that he's just like <laughs> deep in it and still can't find it. <laughs> Yeah, like, can you like see in it again? This is a dumb question, but like, would you just see your library of things, or you just like, what happens if she falls in there? She's just fucked. <laughs> what if they're yeah, living in a bag? Well, that's I feel a... like it's like a port. I feel like it's like a portal that you that you can't. I don't know how to phrase this. I guess I feel like you can't see into it, but I, obviously you have to be able to at some degree. I don't just knives. I'm trying to think what cuts it, herself up. I don't want to talk about Fantastic Beasts, but obviously there's a suitcase <laughs> in those movies. And I forget, when they open the suitcase, Like, is, do they see a little version of it, or is it not till they go in? Because I'm sure that's the same magic. Um, when they go in that suitcase, and it's like his whole home base where he has all his creatures in there. No one? Right. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. Wow. I, I don't, don't know if they ever movie. really... No, because I think he, there's one point he looks in it and sees... I'm honestly, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, we're not Sorry. retroing those garbage movies, so we can leave those in the Oof. dust. Um, uh, I I don't know. I can't remember exactly when this sequence ha sequence happens when they go into the Ministry of Magic. Is it after all that stuff? Is it before? Uh, it's before the forest because they... So after wedding stuff, after yeah. the regular London stuff, but before they go on yeah. foot. So we're we're going in chronological order. I don't think I have much to say on that. Other, I, I think it's a fun sequence. Like there's some, I don't know. It's just funny to see them as separate characters. I guess the part that really stood out to me is that uh, you know Ron is kind of uh, impersonating this guy who has a wife, and he like goes <laughs> to her hearing for a bit really awkwardly. And I thought it was very strange of him to make out with her like right before he transformed back and left. Uh, she jumped like, on I feel him. like at this point he's I thought he was you know him and Hermione maybe they're not uh you know an item yet but I feel like I don't know why he felt the need to do that um seemed a bit I think seemed she, a bit like unnecessary drama oh she definitely jumped on him yeah yes there, but he kept the kiss Ron's going for hand. like 10 seconds okay His he could have not on pulled... her yeah that's true he could have easily pulled away and left but he was he was enjoying it my um, client is is innocent your honor <laughs> That's fair. But I feel like he just, you know, also is going to cause this couple like a bunch of undue drama. Maybe she'll be like, well, that clearly wasn't you. But I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like that's going to be hard for them to get over. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that the real guy did end up like seeing her. And then so it wasn't just like she would just like went and grabbed the kids and just like escaped town. And it, and like their husband's just like, what happened to my wife? Because <laughs> he would have no idea of knowing or anything like that. But all in all, no, I, I really, I feel like my favorite one was uh, like Ron's character. <laughs> I think he just did a really good job because mm -hmm. it, it like, it was, it was Rupert, Rupert's voice, Grint. I think that's his last name. 
Rupert Grant. Yeah, and, like it was his voice, but like just like like the character, just like body language wise, I think he did a really good job of just like personifying like Ron, especially like when when he comes back in. Uh, oh no, sorry, I'm gonna hit myself when uh, the ponytail boy comes in and just like berates him, like you know, I got your wife, you better go stop the rain in my office, which is a weird problem to have, but nevertheless, it's a problem. And he. <laughs> and Ron's just like shocked. He's like, "They got my wife." You know, like what's gonna happen? It's like, Ron, you don't have a wife. I yeah, he really role played the character. No, he, he role played it great. And then when he comes back into the elevator and he sees like Harry, he's like, "Morning," and he just completely forgets that it's it's Harry. I just I really like that. I thought that was great. <laughs> just soaking wet. Clearly, he fixed the problem. I'd say, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, good moments. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that, on that sequence? Yeah, when I think of that, I don't think so much of what you guys are thinking of. When I think back to it, I think of the muggle statue. Yeah. You know, showing the change of how the ministry has become. You know, the posters of Harry Potter, undesirable number one everywhere. Like the the Nazi Germany guards. Did you see their outfits? It was like, it was legit from that. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, this is the symbolism. I'm getting it. Yeah, (laughs) it's not even symbolism at that point. No, no, yeah. They got just the same. You know, all the, the, uh, the diagonally, the, the flu networks, you know, I, my brain is not working with me right now. So, you know, all the bars going up to prevent people from leaving. It just, for me, I don't think of it being so much Ron and Harry and everything. I think of it more as kind of the symbolism of how everything's changing. The blood mm. trial for this guy's wife and, uh, you know, that kind of piece of it. Dump, or not Dumbledore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Umbridge being there and... Right putting people on trial i think i just i probably i think i just have trouble connecting with the ministry in like any sort of real world way because we had that minister like the previous minister that we talked about who is just like like almost like a random character even though we had seen him a couple times then he's gone then we have a new one then he's gone and i don't know it doesn't really feel like it's connected to any of the characters we know uh so i don't know maybe maybe that's why i i feel like well I don't know how much this really means. It's not like this is some meaningful place that uh, a lot of good people came from or something. It's just uh, this kind of place with a bunch of nameless people who are very generic. Ron's dad, right? He's he works there. Or yeah, but we know like you never see like, how that affects him. He's not there in any of those moments. Right? No, right. I feel like he kind of he put in his two weeks <laughs> yeah. prior than the the like regime coming in. in. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, like Can- Jessica definitely brought up some. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? This it's completely not related to this topic. So you finish first. I was, <laughs> I was just gonna like in the moment. I definitely like I said. I shout out the uniforms and just like the Muggle statue for for a second. I'm like, was that just always there? <laughs> the the Muggle statue, but no, it was definitely brought in when the tyrannical rulers came in. Um, and I think I shouted out like the first time we saw the the ministry. Like it, it just the aesthetic of it is just so cool. I love like just the marble floors or whatever type of floors it is, and just just the color scheme but like i feel like it totally fits to have just like bad guys running it like it just looks like a layer or mm-hmm. something um it never and... seemed like a place that was run by people who have their morals in place anyway no no <laughs> yeah. they always like a little sketchy. Is government ever yeah exactly right it's just like generic <laughs> bad government i don't know yeah so, uh, so my yeah comment, like the... my comment though 
I'm sorry. I just, your background makes me think of the other mother from Coraline. Like it looks like her arm, like your shadow on the wall. If you look in your, <laughs> wait, no, just like in your camera, like it looks know, like her hair. You know and then her, yeah, that looks like her arm. It just reminds I me see of the it. other mother. I don't think I've seen see Coraline, so I'm not. I'm like, not like Wolverine claws or something. Yeah, I, I see it. <laughs> you, yeah, so, sorry, Kirk, you got to rearrange your setup again. I don't like I'm this sorry. anymore. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll just move. Yeah, I'll just I'll just move. Um, I I don't really have anything else to touch upon. Is it time ministry. to talk about the locket? That's the question I've been. Locket. I'm down. I don't want it. Did Taylor have anything on the ministry scene? I feel like Taylor's been quiet for a little uh, while here. I feel he loved like all the comedy. He, he loved all the yeah. comedy. I don't. I love the comedy. <laughs> I don't have much out of the ministry scene. Just like again, like the aesthetic is. I, I love how it looks. I'm all about the marble. I always thought it was cool that we got to see Umbridge pop back in. I love getting that moment where Harry just totally like dishes out on her and just then like stuns her out or whatever. Like yeah, this is the last the thing she would not expect that. I couldn't imagine being in her shoes. Like she would have shat her pants. Like it's just insane. <laughs> oh, so. totally. especially like you see it in her face when she like kind of realizes who it is. It's like mm-hmm. just in disbelief. And like she just literally frozen, and like I feel like I never realized that Harry like legit just like shoots her in the face. <laughs> like that was just that was satisfying to see. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Jeez. Locket. Yeah, time. If, we, if we want to talk about the locket, let's drop do it, it. Locket, fool. Uh, so you know, one of the big cliffhangers from the last movie, The Half Blood Prince, was that. The locket was like with was with someone or taken by someone named R A B, which I f- didn't remember who that was. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess it's Sirius Black's brother is who that is, who is a character that do we like? What is there anything else to know about that character? Does he ever pop up? Do we ever hear anything else about him? Um, what's why? Why is that? It's meant. It's like a big cliffhanger thing that's left on and i feel like it's it doesn't really have a resolution to it it feels like a, a moot point it's like it's like a non-character um so what is the significance was, of him it was brought up again so when what one was that brought up in five that harry goes to 12 grimmelod place for the first time and he can hear hissing when he arrives there and that's because the locket is there and it's a horcrux and it's reacting to Harry being there. Um, but other than that, I don't know that. I mean, so Sirius mentions his brother on the wall. And then. Yeah, uh, Slughorn mentions him when talking about Sirius and how he also taught his brother. And then is it, does he come up again, or is he dead? Where, where is where is he at? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's done zoed. What happened? He got murked. <laughs> Off screen death. Mad Eye Moody wrote. <laughs> I think he was. Death. I think he was dead. Like at the start of the movies, wasn't he? That's a big guess, by the way. That is a assumption there. No scientific backing on that statement there. Um... Phone a friend porn friend yeah i don't know it, it seemed so like a weird character he became, to throw in there he was a death eater in his youth but found out what lord Voldemort would do so he learned of his horcrux and decided to try and destroy it and he was killed after acquiring the locket 
Right, but is that mentioned in the movie or? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so, so. No, I don't know. That seems weird to me. Like, I, 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 uh, I guess I don't know. It just seems like another weird character to throw in there. Um, I, I, like Jessica, you made a good point that he is like kind of referenced at other points. Um, I think in but, the uh, photos yeah, so too, like when you see the photo. So there's a few times, but they definitely don't go into really his background at all. Yeah, I, I, uh, I guess you know last last episode I was like, oh, I forget who this character is. Don't spoil it for me. And like now I know why I forgot about that character because he's not really uh, like he, there. I guess there's some plot stuff tied to him, but he's just a name on a paper. You know, he's not, he's not like a really real character. Yeah. That way. Yeah, and I I definitely had similar feelings um, going into this, and because like I I knew who it was just from like internet research but i i didn't quite remember like how the reveal was in this movie until i was watching it and i definitely felt underwhelmed um just just for the fact that it's not like a eureka moment it's just like that must be rab right it's Mm -hmm. like oh oh yeah and like like dylan mentioned like it's not a character that we've seen in the movie to like be like holy shit he's a big player in this whole thing it's just okay he's related to the black family i guess that's mm-hmm. kind of cool but i i don't know i i i'm definitely i'm feeling dylan on just like it, the yeah cause, it cause doesn't it, feel, it doesn't feel like something that was foreshadowed and then when it re- revealed it all came together it just felt like something that was clumsily like oh i guess you could kind of piece this together if you're uh going back i think yeah i think it would have been not so much of a shocker if the movie didn't just like end with like rab well, I guess that's our next movie is, you know, figuring out who this is, where it was just kind of dropped in there. Like maybe if they just kind of read about the RAB thing, similar to how like the uh, Pev, Peveril, how do you say that? The, the last name. Pe- Pe- or, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Pevardi? about. No, Peveril, <laughs> like the original uh, visibility cloak, you're dude. Close, for sure. So, so yeah, uh, again, I'm jumping ahead, but Hermione sees like the grave of the Peveril family and like it's it's not really a big moment it's just like she she sees it if you know what that is you know what that is other than that it's just it's just done I feel like that could have been like an RAB moment with the last movie because it, it just felt like it was building up for like a big big reveal um and then it's, it didn't. Even, it's kind of taken down too because like Mundungus takes it from him or from his body or whatever it is and then like Umbridge takes it from Mundungus and then that's where our characters come across it so it's already like a few, yeah it's traded uh, hands yeah it's, it's already like outdated information so i don't know i i guess i don't really see the point of adding that in there um yeah and i, I wanted to ask mean? i wanted to ask that to jessica because it seemed like a big like book moment sort of thing like where if if you read the rab and sorry you read the books you kind of knew who rab is and then you're in the theater and you see like the initials you're like oh my god you know kind of like at the end of infinity war when you see like the captain marvel symbol it's like that type of reaction i feel like that like in a way they're kind of going for that but they it just didn't happen because mm-hmm. just not a lot of people know who that was or i don't know it didn't have major significance to the plot i feel like if they read like um uh what's umbridge's full name What's her, what would be her initials? Dolores. So, so deep, yeah. Du. They, they like see that on the on the Horcrux thing. It's like, oh my god, who's this? And then you find Umbridge is back. It's like, oh my god, not a character that's been dead for like years. I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm getting or wild. Mundungus. You know, that could actually <laughs> make him feel like a character that was It just says Mundungus. Relevant. What does oh, this you know, mean? Had, I don't know. Well, he just like had his <laughs> initials on there. I don't know. Maybe that could be a thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if it actually said that? It's just Mundungus. And then they're like just doing the polyjuice potion. And then they're all like, Mundungus? Wait a minute. <laughs> I think I know. Was you all along? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, I mean, I I don't necessarily remember him just from my own personal time reading the books. It's been a while, but I'm just wow. looking on the Wizarding World website, and it has a, there's quite a few quotes and times in which he was referenced in the movies or talked about, um, and then you know. In Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, you know, finding the letter, things like that. And it, and Sirius used to talk about him as well and Creature. Yeah. So, I mean, I it's, it's just, just one, once again, one of those things, yeah. the movie just doesn't have enough time. Well, I think they, I mean, you're bringing up points that, like, it is brought up. And I, so I think they had the time for it. It's just not put together very well where none of us remember... Like these sequences, and like when it all comes together, it's not like this big click moment. It's just, who? Oh, this guy. Who's that guy? And then it's like already doesn't matter. Like two minutes later, so I don't know. Uh, probably something they could have just cut from the movies altogether, but I guess they wanted to keep that in there. Um, also on the locket, kind of what what uh, Kirkland was alluding to with its uh, kind of similarities to the One Ring and how it kind of converts people. Uh, I was just kind of curious on that because i guess it's it's kind of set up that they all kind of share the burden like unlike unlike share the Lord load of the Rings when, yeah <laughs> samwise can't share the load um but they do share the load in this one but hermione's not affected at all is that because she's really strong or powerful or has a strong mind is, is that what's supposed to be going on there i feel um, like well, it... she, she does get affected she does have to switch out but it definitely like but do we ever see her snap with... or anything? i think she's just sad like when she's wearing it, listening to the radio. Um, there's a lot of things that would make you sad in that moment, but I like she was wearing it. Um, I feel like it could be a contributing factor. But it's not supposed to make you sad. It's supposed to make you like evil and it's just aggressive. Despair, and... I think, just despair and. Well, well for Harry it, and Ron, it makes them angry. Well, they like... they got testosterone, man. Have you seen Ron? He's swole. Holy shit, he's just pumping. He's got maximum testosterone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, it affects them all differently. I mean, look at. Ron even says at one point that he's the weakest that it affected him the most. <laughs> Obviously, it just affected Hermione the least. She's the most headstrong. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's most fine. I was just I'm curious what your take was. Yeah, Splitting hairs. You're going to get an ad break, and then you're going to be right back to the episode. I, don't I know. feel like maybe it's like placebo, too. You know, maybe she just like <laughs> feels like she's stronger and it couldn't affect her, so yeah. it like doesn't. Ron actually wasn't wearing the locket when he was just snapping at everyone. He's just pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it's like bringing out his truth. <laughs> um, and then, and then, like, why, why do they have to wear it? I know. I Why know. can't they just put it on, a, on the ground? Jay, and when specifically <laughs> that moment when Ron, or sorry, yeah, Ron's gone. Hermione's just like staring at the radio, and Harry goes over there. You know, he's got some smooth moves. Takes the locket off her. I'm like, why the fuck? Like they're in the tent. Why does she have to wear it? I don't know. I feel like it could find a place in her bag. I don't know. Her. We just saw that's like a perfect storage unit. 
but at least on the ground you know just throw it on the ground i know and like i was trying to play devil's advocate i'm like what if snatchers come and then they don't have time to pick everything up you know and they just they got it on them but there was so many moments that they're just chilling and it's just around their neck just like frodo (laughs) we see you and yeah just definitely was scratching my head at that i'm like at least just put it in a chest or something i don't know I agree. I don't know. I mean, if you had one of the only, you know, five pieces of Voldemort's soul that you needed to destroy, would you want to risk setting it down and having it go missing or, you know, apparating out of the tent or whatever it could be? I mean, devil's advocate, I wouldn't want to lose that. And if all I had to do was wear it for a day and then switch off with my friend and they wear it for a day, it seems like a small price to pay. Couldn't you just like wrap it in like aluminum foil, like you would a cell phone to block out the air frequencies? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wear the tinfoil hat. You gotta wear it. Was that a dart, Jessica? You just threw That's a dart some muggle ball? shit. Bullseye. That's some muggle shit. They don't know about that in the wizarding <laughs> My world. There's cat no tinfoil is just freaking the fudge out. I'm gonna go kick her out yeah. while you guys talk just about the logistics of the necklace wearing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Just touching on the necklace wearing again. Ron, you know, he got pretty messed up when he operated. His arm was not doing too great. And then he was pretty upset after that. He's wearing the Horcrux a little too long, we're thinking. Man, he was looking like Frodo at the end of Return of the King when he's just got, like, bags under his eyes. <laughs> he's just, like, been through hell and back. He did not look good. I'm like, okay. Like, this guy is looking terrible. Do not give him the Horcrux. <laughs> I don't It just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was a bad decision on Harry and, and Hermione's part. It's just like mm-hmm. your buddy, you know he's he's not doing too well. Let's just give him the super dark, corrupting piece of magic. I don't know. I just yeah, he, he looked terrible. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And I guess I'm curious what you guys think of this uh sequence between Really, Ron, Ron, and on and uh, Harry kind of splitting up because we we talked about this a lot in the fourth movie, and how this was like a thing that felt like it wasn't really that purposeful. Like they kind of got mad at each other. They eventually come back together. It's like, well, what did that really achieve? Like maybe it made their bond stronger in the end, but it didn't really need to be there. And how maybe if this was a part one, part two situation, maybe that would have worked better. However, it's the exact same thing here where they split up for about forty minutes or half an hour. They get back together. It's not like it's a part one, part two thing. Um, and once again, I don't know what it really achieves. Like, I guess I, I guess you could make the argument that when they come back, they're stronger. But I just think after, like, especially what Kirkland was alluding to earlier, like, I feel like these bonds are so strong at this point that I, I know obviously the locket's kind of messing with them. But just from the perspective of like, why, why do we have to go through this again? I feel like and maybe it's because I watched the you know number four three weeks ago or whatever it is, and I feel like we just watched that mm-hmm. exact same thing unfold. But I felt like it wasn't really much different. Obviously, there's a different context for why they're mad at each other. But once again, I don't know what it achieves, and I think that to me seems like one of the biggest things that is just padding out the movie. Um, so I don't know. What, what are you guys' thoughts on the breakup this time? Yeah, I especially like the only reason why they're camping is because Ron can't apparate. Like, he is literally setting them back so much time because they can't just 
bounce all around the world and then he just has a hissy fit and fucks off and then like harry and hermione didn't say it so kudos to them i would have been like are you fucking kidding me man like we just we like sacrifice all this time and we could be you know trying to find horcruxes or find a way to to do it now again they do show some moments with um hermione and harry just kind of like having the, their own eureka moments where harry you know he, he gets the 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 uh, the golden snitch close to his mouth. That's when he finally is able to see the, the message. And then he goes and shows Hermione. And she's like, oh, I've been doing some thinking too. Or found something. And that's when she sees the Deathly Hollows mark. And then they kind of have just like their eureka moments. Um, I, I, I really did like that. But I feel like this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't just because of Ron app, like got messed up in the apparating. So he just couldn't. And I, it, it was just weird to me that they just weren't like apparating as soon as ron left because that was the main reason for them to not do that in the first place now there was like i just mentioned there was some moments that i did like that was a result of like the camping <laughs> they were just like studying or whatever it might be just brainstorming ideas mm -hmm. on it so i i did like that as a result but i feel like the original meaning of it it made sense until ron just had his hissy fit and then and then he was just gone and hermione and harry were just having the romantic getaway which i loved because i'm always shipping those two and travis snell's camp i want those two to get together but too late for that i didn't think that that was exactly it i mean they had no leads for where to go where are they going to operate to everyone's looking for them right you know, so they're, they don't know how to destroy the locket. And, you know, why would you risk taking that anywhere else to be found and taken from you if you don't know how to destroy it? You don't know where else to go. And right. if I'm not mistaken, after Ron gets all pissy and leaves, they apparate or they, they travel shortly after that. So because Ron says that he, after the locket wears off, he came back and they were gone. But they're just camping, right? After that point, they're just and yeah, but, no, you, like you, you brought like up some I good said, points. They don't know where they're, they're going. Yeah, yeah. But what? Why were they so upset that they couldn't operate in the first place? Then, when when he was all messed up, and was it just because they're like a sense of urgency? Like we just need to do something, even though if we don't know what it is, we just gotta. That's probably what it is, I guess. Okay, good I'm point, sure. Kirkland. I'll I'll shut up now. <laughs> it's a convenient way to get away from things too. If if someone shows up, I guess. Right. And yeah, I'm sure they didn't think that they weren't going to be able to destroy that locket. Right. I'm sure they thought that that yeah. would have happened right then and there, and then they could have continued on their way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think because it does, there's Ron coming back. So he goes off on his own, and then he comes back, and he obviously helps with the sword out of the river or the, the pond, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And also the deluminator uh, finding out that it can do more than just suck light. Cause he, and then he also got a wand for Harry. That was so I, random. He's like, I heard you don't have a wand. Look what I found. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of an eye rolling moment. It's like, I, I pulled it off a snatcher. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's actually convenient. That's something I would have really, really liked throughout that sequence is a scene with Ron on his own and seeing his struggle a bit. 
I think you only need one scene. Just show him like, like show that, show that, that Christmas Eve scene or whatever he was talking about. Show him like really struggling on his own. Show what he's doing. Cause I, it's really like, that's the, the biggest coincidence out of these whole set yeah. of movies is that he shows up there exactly as Harry. Well, I don't know if Harry would die because he's like a Horcrux or something like that as well. But it, like he shows up at the exact moment that Harry was about to die is major, major coincidence. And even with the light, like tracking him and knowing where he is, it still is like, well, if he showed up two minutes later, Harry would have been dead. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned with the wand, like, yeah, that could have been shown somewhere else. And I think it would have been nice for Ron to have a scene on his own because we haven't really had that. Like we talked about in the last movie or maybe it was the one before where we finally started getting scenes with just the evil people doing their evil things without mm -hmm. Harry's perspective. But like, why does it, why can't Ron have a scene uh, on his own? I think that would have been a good addition. It's a scene of him joining Voldemort. Like, fuck my friends. <laughs> Join the Death Eaters. <laughs> Not quite. You gotta dye your hair. We can't have any redheads in here. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I definitely agree with you, Dylan. I think that would have just, like, not only just, like, made sense for, like, how he got the wand or just, like, filling in some details there, but just, like, just, like, giving more depth to the character of Ron. Because I feel like he's had some hero moments sprinkled in, but really, it's been very, very just the Harry Potter show with him as the sidekick. And I think it would have been really cool to just see him, like, kicking the ass of some snatchers or something, just, like, being a one-man army. I'm not saying he's taking on the entire mm, Imperial fleet by himself. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's no Dak, but I, I think I think it could have <laughs> been just, just cool to see that. And there's definitely scenes that you could have cut in this movie to make room for that, in my opinion. And it would have just lift. lift I have a that. good example of that for sure. Ooh. I think that's supposed to be the whole why Harry's letting Ron destroy the locket thing, though, right? So that way it's not just the Harry Potter show and Ron gets his moment to be right the chosen one. And so, no, it's not him on his own, but we are getting that moment that you guys are asking for that Ron gets to be the number one, the, the big man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I think I think that's a lot different than a, a, if we had seen a scene of Ron on his own. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, I, I wonder if there was any plan to do that because it isn't really a thing where the other like good guys in these movies, you don't really see those scenes either with the non-Harry perspective. It's it's really just the evil guys who got that privilege at some point in these movies. Um, but I feel like Ron, yeah, could could have could have used one of those, and maybe even it could have been the part where it's leading up to him saving Harry, and maybe that takes away the tension or something, but. I think it would work better because then it's actually showing that something that Ron did as a character got him to that point rather than just getting really lucky, um, which is what it feels like, even if it is technically explained, like how he came across Harry. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be element of surprise, right? We don't expect Ron to just show up and save Harry. We're just supposed to be worried. Yeah, that Harry's but we also gonna... don't expect that Harry's just going to die from drowning himself. Like no one thinks he's actually going to die there. He's not actually in peril, right? No, but, you know, Harry, not Harry, Hermione. Still a stressful maybe, moment. You know, someone. You know, yeah. if we if we still get these scenes with Ron, then mm -hmm. there's that expectation that he's going to come back and going to save the day or what, whatever it yeah. is. So by kind of not seeing him for 40 minutes, it's kind of like, forget about this character. Oh, surprise, yeah. he's back. He He does get his moment, too. It is... Like I am, I I really glad with the choice that he is the one who picks up the sword and and takes that slash. I think that is a good thing for his character for sure. Um, 
go ahead. I, I forgot how crazy intense that scene is too, like destroying the Horcrux. I feel like in my mind, I just remember mm -hmm. him just like hitting it and that was the end of it, not like... Like I, I, I do remember him like seeing Harry and Hermione like macking out, just snogging. But I feel like that was just like a dream sequence in my mind. I don't remember it like actually being it's like the Horcrux. pretty aggressive And I, I really love just like the detail when the Horcrux opened. It was just like an eyeball. And oh shit, you locked eyes with it. Okay, it knows all of your fears and everything. I, I just thought that was so badass. And Another really, really Lord cool. of the Rings <laughs> comparison, right? <laughs> the great eye. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> yeah. <The G> -I -I. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty crazy. And he got pretty close to killing the Chosen One in that strike, I will say. He was pretty close to Harry's head. Um, the Horcrux True. is like right here, and it's like I could have gone. Well, it had back. like spiders coming out too, right? Like it was pulling like all the big guns all on Ron, yeah. all the big guns. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's one Trump card was the Mackin <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one thing I do like about this whole sequence is that, um, you know, one of big one of Ron's big troubles, and obviously he's being affected by the lock, but one of his big complaints about Harry is that. Harry knows so little about what their mission is. Uh, he feels like, Harry, you should know more about what's going on here. You have no plan. It's been months. And I like that that stems directly from what we've talked about all these movies with Dumbledore specifically not sharing any information with Harry because that was something I was always complaining about, but it actually came together in a nice way here. And I'll admit that I'm wrong a bit because that is like part of the plot is that Dumbledore, he has, he has his reasons and I don't fully understand all of his reasons, but that is a part of the strife between these two is, is Ron's lack of trust in Harry because of Dumbledore's choices. And I like that it kind of goes down the ladder or however you want to call it um, in, in terms of connecting back with just things that we've seen since like the second or even first movie with like Dumbledore's relationship and how, it kind of got us to this point. Um, and yeah, I was I was complaining about Dumbledore for a long time and I still have issues with him in those movies. But I think the last this movie and the last one have really done a, a good job of of rounding out his character and actually landing in a good place, even if we took some some rocky steps to uh, get there. So I really like that element of the fight, although that was probably the only part that I actually really liked in terms of the drama between Ron and Harry. Any thoughts or next uh, topic? I will just shout out as well, because if I missed it in the movie, then that's my bad. But do you guys have any idea about who Patronus that was? Did it say in the movie? Uh, I know who it is, who did it, but I'm not going to say for these guys. I don't know, actually. I don't. Lay it on me. Or am I supposed to wait? Is Who is it, Taylor? It's Snape, is it not? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's cool. Damn. What is the Patronus? I missed Two the... points to Gryffindor. It's, it's a doe. You learn more a about deer. it in Deathly Hallows Part 2. A female uh, deer. A ray, <laughs> drop of golden sun. Exactly. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, so it, uh, Snape drops the sword in the lake and then uses his Patronus to lead Harry to it. That's awesome. I like that a lot. So Is that talked about in the next movie? It, it, that's what Taylor just said. I don't remember if it is or not. Well, they, you learn that some you learn you don't learn about him dropping the sword, but you learn more about his Patronus and that kind of realization. Mm. But I didn't know he dropped the sword in the lake. I feel like it's a dick move when there's like a perfectly good bush next to the 
freezing cold water. Yeah, you gotta hide it. Gotta make them work for it. <laughs> so yeah, in the books, uh, Dumbledore's portrait tells him it's time to deliver the sword. And give it still taking orders from a dead guy. And and Jesus. where where was the sword when Snape uh, acquired it? You could say probably the office, eh? Yeah, probably. Like it's still Hogwarts. just chilling there. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Maybe in Green Dots or something. Uh, that that's an interesting detail because oh, I was no, just kind no, of a no 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 no. Bellatrix says the sword was from her vault. How did he get the sword? She had right. a fake though. Did she not? Oh, did she? I don't oh, remember. Layers. I'm pretty sure hers is a fake because the. Well, then the it's elves, probably in his office. The elves well, no, are pretty good at that. Well, even if it was in her in her vault, it just would disappear because it just shows itself to the Gryffindor that's worthy, right? And that's why I originally thought it just appeared in the lake because it's just. But I'm like, uh, it's kind of weird that it, right. in the Chamber of Secrets, it was just in a hat. He just pulled it out of a hat, whereas now he's got to fucking nearly drown himself. I mean, they, like... quit, Harry quit school. Is he really Gryffindor anymore? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he lost that card. I, I mean, uh, he's, I mean, he wasn't he's sorted into Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenclaw. True, but I mean, how could Snape? How could Snape move the sword then if he's not? Uh... I imagine Harry's just like catches Snape standing at the water, just th- and sees him throw the sword in the water. <laughs> and Snape's also naked because he was swimming <laughs> yeah. <in> there too. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just in his skivvies. Yeah, that's what I want to see. He's got his little Slytherin speedo on. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> hell yes. So, okay, well, if they do talk about the Patronus more in the next one, I'll leave that for now. Um, But considering it seems like we're going in chronological order, my two last shout-outs for kind of this camping thing is, one, I hate the dance scene. I absolutely hate it. I think it is one of the most awkward things ever. I get that it's supposed to be they're unwinding and they're showing their friendship, (laughs) but I don't ship them. So for me, I just find Uh... it super cringe. And do you ship Hermione and Ron? They've been shipped, man. They are out for delivery. <laughs> they're delivered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're canon. I, I like the scene. I don't like the music. I, it, the music takes me out of it. It felt like this isn't Harry Potter. What's going on here? Um, this radio track. You and I don't know. Like, I don't know what else you'd put in there, like frog, frogs ribbiting or whatever they do at Hogwarts. But um, I, I don't know. The song didn't really work for me, I will say. You get one song choice. What do you pick? Any song you want, Dylan. No, it has to be before um, 1995. Okay, before 1995. That's like all of Dylan's music they listen yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my entire discography. I'm going to go with Deacon Blues from uh, Steely Dance Asia. There you go. There you go. I'll see if maybe I do like a redub version and just put that song instead of the other one. Yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, do it. And they just keep dancing. They don't stop because they love it so much. <laughs> that can be our intro to the next one. Them dancing to some Steely Yeah, the Dan. song's only like seven minutes long. So I think we just listen to the whole thing. <laughs> 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 and then we can do a retro on that song. I could probably do a two-hour long podcast on that one song. Um, solo, anyways. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's a> solo <laughs> cast. Seventy thousand word script. Um, what else did I have? Okay, so this is okay. I got maybe the. You didn't even let me finish. I had one more note on the camping thing before we move away from the camping. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Uh, because you mentioned the radio, the reason that Ron listens to the radio constantly is he's listening to see if anyone he knows or they know has passed away. Muggles don't use radios, though, do they? Or sorry, muggles. muggles. Wizards, they don't use radios. I thought that is a good point. Actually, Ron is very anti-Muggle stuff. So, 
No, his dad is a muggle. Affair. But he doesn't know what a cappuccino is. I mean, do you know what a cappuccino? If I feel like you need to know what the radio is to know it, well, they, or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? They do oh. mention a wizard. They mention is it Dean Thomas on the radio is missing, and his mother and sister are worried about him. So that's it who was Jenny dated, right? Oh yeah. Oh, they were. So- Maybe she got her use out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he went missing shortly after. <laughs> so obviously the wizards do use the radio. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Ron just started using it for this uh, particular sequence. But it doesn't use radio waves; it just uses magic. That's the that's the kicker. There you go. That is another point of contention between them, isn't it? Harry really does not like that radio. Ron needs it. <laughs> Um, it's a good reason to leave. Anything else, uh, <laughs> Jessica, on this particular sequence? We can move from camping now. Well, I have a couple things here. I think for me, one part that seemed a bit like filler, and I feel like you guys might all disagree with me here, but I think I could completely do without Godric's Hollow at all. Um, I don't know what it really does for the plot that's incredibly necessary, and I don't know if any of it's particularly interesting. Like, seeing the house... And like it's, you know, I am guessing it's the exact same house or like they did a really good job because immediately you can identify it as like the house that's in those little flashback sequences from the first movie. Um, But I don't know what I don't know if I really feel like there's anything about Godric's Hollow that is so compelling and so story important that it needed to happen. And I think I could have seen that 10, 15 minutes cut from the movie and, and and not really been too sad about it. Yeah, I like I really like the the whole graveyard uh, moment <clears throat> when Harry sees his family. Hermione does the little little flower uh, thing. Like I, I really like that moment, and that was the scene I was shouting out earlier where she kind of discovers like the the Pever, the Peverell. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so like those moments, Perfect. I I liked um, the whole Nagini thing. It's like. Okay, this grandma is a little tricky. Weird plan. I, I don't trust her. Yeah. It doesn't make sense just leave Nagini and Godric solo. <laughs> yeah, so I th- I think I'm kind of with Dylan. Like, for the majority, I I could have gone without it. Because what did they really accomplish other than just... Yeah, what did they accomplish when they when they left Godric's Hollow? They just other got than fucked up by the snake, to be honest. Because Hermione sees the Deathly Hollow symbol at the graveyard. Mm. And then that's it, right? I don't think there's anything else plot wise. Yeah, they like I, nearly I, die to Nagini. Yeah, I remember thinking at the end of well, like, why did we go here? Doesn't yeah. it segue them to note? Because, yeah, I think it's the symbol, it's the main thing, but isn't this kind of giving them their next destination of going to see um, Lovegood's father? Well, no, because they're, I think they're oh, That's camping. related to the symbol. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. I, I think we have this backwards because it says here that they went to visit Godric's Hollow to find. Bethilda, who they thought had the sword of Gryffindor. We got oh. worked by Nagini. Yeah. Yeah. So so this was before all all of that. Right. So, but either way, they like they don't get the sword there. So it's it's not like that was a thing no, that was but, accomplished. No, but the, the whole reason for them going was just trying to follow another lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I understand why they went. Um but like yeah, like Kirkland said, there isn't really plot stuff that goes on there that feels necessary you're gonna get an ad break and then you're gonna be right back to the episode i and yeah i other than the graveyard thing i think i could have gone without it harry's wand breaking too i guess 
Yeah, shit out of luck. He is such happen, he yeah. is such a big boy about it though. He's just like whatever, it's done. He just handled it way better than Lucius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's his walking just... stick as well, man. Like I don't know, he needs that thing he's, for more. He's than got his... a limp now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> oh, man. just i i can picture him just like whining to what's what's her name narcissa Nar- narcissa um his yeah, wife his wife yeah what am i gonna do now <laughs> all the vendors gone i can't even get a new wand <laughs> um and then i i this isn't really a specific point but i think you know i i don't i mentioned i'm not really a fan of the ron and harry kind of splitting up thing but I do like a lot of the travel sequence in general, just like some of the shots, even if it's not Lord of the Rings level, like I was saying, I still think it's, uh, I, I like seeing the momentum of it. And I like how kind of drab and slow it is. And you get some little shots that are interesting. So I, I definitely like parts of it. And uh, I think it's still enjoyable. I think it just maybe character. I have some like character issues with it, but I think in terms of the, pacing of the movie like the movie is kind of slow and has its things that are uh seem like they're just padding it out like godric's hollow for me um but like generally some of the travel stuff and them just doing their research and studying trying to figure out what the hell is going on i think uh is is interesting enough um generally i don't think that really <laughs> is much of a segue into anything in particular but um other things we could talk about the three brothers thing <laughs> We could uh, want to get into that now. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. I I, I was going to just quickly because it is it's in the same it's in the same realm. I was going to just because we we haven't touched upon Luna yet or the the love goods. I know we're we're yeah. getting there with the brother story, but just like Luna's interaction with Harry at the wedding, I love that scene so much when she's like, "Oh, I caught you in a deep thought. I'm sorry." And then and then like you know the dad comes over and it's like, "Oh, Harry Potter," and Luna's just like, "Oh no," it's like. Let, let's leave him alone like he, he doesn't want to talk to us right now he's just too polite i, I just love that wording of it because it's like that is my everyday life <laughs> i just there's so many interactions with people it's just like i just don't want to interact with this but i'm just i'm too polite to just say fuck off or that's something. how he felt when he came I need a luna. podcast I need, yeah. <laughs> I need a luna to just be in my life to just get me out of situations like that yeah. but anyways sorry as per usual i wanted more luna give me more luna. yeah no she's she's amazing doesn't do too much in this movie. Um, a little bit, but not too much. Um, anything else, Kirk, on in this, that kind of sequence? Well, I was just getting into the the whole brother's tales because sure. that's where we're at. We're at the Quibbler. The Quibbler. So Jessica's a big fan of this. Why? What, what, what about it? <laughs> what? Why do I like it? <laughs> I'm just throwing it to you, Jessica. I don't know. I just, I think it's... I don't know. I can't say a fun story, but I just, it kind of, it's one of those things once you know it and it kind of pulls everything together, you know, Dumbledore's wand and the cloak that Harry had, which it's one of my notes. Why the hell has he not used an invisibility cloak in like four movies? Uh, but he, used it with it. he had it in the last movie and then he got smacked by Draco, right? Yeah. Oh, he that's, got smacked. That's about it. Yep. I just, it bothers me. You have one of the items to master death and you just. Is it in Hermione's bag even? Like. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's a privet drive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's a really kind of fun and cool story hearing they each have these pieces of death, but while it's supposed to make them powerful, kind of the the downside that comes to it as well, you know, the drunk on power causing someone else to murder the first brother in his sleep, the despair from not actually being able to bring people back to life, but then the third one being kind of able to outsmart death because he was humble about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for I have still... Jessica's on the move. Yeah, we lost the audio listeners. Big. Whoa. I like it. That's a big book. That was from my wall from my old house. I got a picture of it before I left. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, nice. I was. I thought it was a lot bigger last time I saw it. She's holding the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely tune into the YouTube for this particular uh, Yeah, sequence. It's cool. Now it's I'm going to have to hang it back up on my wall somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like uh, the... I think it's an interesting story. I like the aesthetic of it. I like, I like even the way it fades into it from like that leaf that falls in the water and then it like turns mm-hmm. gold and then it's, that's uh, a bird leaf. Yeah, I I think it. Uh, oh, it's feather right? bird leaf. <laughs> My brain was like processing there very it's Pokemon slowly. shit. It, um, it took a, it took a minute for anyone to react to that. Comment. <laughs> um, you know, feather the leaf. Are rusty. Yeah. I I don't know if I knew that it was a feather. I feel like it could have been a leaf. Um, in my mind, I I like the animation style. It's fun. Oh, I I yeah. love it. No, I I love it. It's very just like grim, dark, and I love just like the character models how they're very like slender. Um, you have death, death. You have death. You have yeah. death with his like cowl, and I love how it's like kind of see through, but still kind of like covers his his body. Yeah, I uh, I kind of kind of cut off Dylan there, but I <laughs> I I love the story uh for the story itself but when you tie in the animation style and just the way that they're telling it i just i i really 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 like this scene i think the whole uh like the third brother coming at the end and you know like giving his cloak to his son and then just like greeting death like a life like an old friend um i I don't just that that whole like meaning there of like instead of trying to like escape death like he just was welcoming him because welcoming him because it was his time um I just I thought that was lovely, and I I really like just the story and that whole set piece with the the animation and everything about it. So he used the cloak to hide this whole time, and he has a kid. Did he just wear it when he met his wife, just like invisible, oh, yeah. visible oh, yeah. sex? Oh yeah, Hell thing. Yeah. <laughs> invisible. Sex. Okay. I feel like uh, it's it's not that he's wearing it <laughs> twenty four hours a day, and more that he like just wears it, you know, here and there. Like maybe if he goes out in public where there's like traffic, he's like. Well, death might be looking for me here. I'll uh, <laughs> throw this cape on. Oh, if there's a bridge coming up, cape's coming on. Honestly, I don't even see it so much as that. It's just, like I said, he was humble, right? He's not going out and bragging about this thing yeah. from death that he has. And he's not you know, trying to bring back people from the dead, having these unrealistic expectations. He's just continuing to live his life as a humble wizard who sometimes puts on a cloak to go into the restricted section <laughs> yeah i i definitely didn't take the story like literal um just just for the fact that he put on that cloak and he just disappeared into the other dimension or something and then came out at the end with the sun um but uh 
but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely in Jessica's camp. I think that's more of just the way that he lived his life was a little bit more. Because um, it's not like, like yeah, they say death is hunting these people, but it's not like it's actually like a serial killer hiding in your closet waiting for you to jump out and stab you. It's like because of these people's decisions, that's why death found them, right? Is when he killed the wizard and then that was a direct result by his own actions. The other guy hung himself because of his, he, he was just in grief when his wife died again or whatever happened there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely in Jessica's camp. I think it's more of just the way that they live their lives. Death found them in different ways. And I think that's just so clever. And I think it's, it's a, a children's tale that's just, it has a lot of weight to it. And I, I just love that set piece so much. Yeah, I like the I like what it does for the world building in the sense that we like are hearing this fairy tale that everyone reads and like maybe maybe up until uh they're on this quest, like maybe no one really believed that it's actually a true thing that happened. It's just a legend of old or mm-hmm. something like that. But then it, you know, it works in so many ways as it as Kirkland said, it like works as it's something that you know parents magic parents would tell their kids as like a fun tale but then it also ties into the story in an interesting way with connecting to dumbledore and, and harry throughout from the first movie all the way back it explains a bit why dumbledore is like being able to do all this badass magic in a way and then it even has like that bit of intrigue too of like well where is that last piece and obviously we know where it is or I, I at least that's something I remember. I know where the last one is, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it all it adds a bit of intrigue there too. And that's and now they got these horcruxes, but now here's another side quest: find this other you know magic thing that, well, luckily he has it in his pocket already. But yeah, Ayo. Mm-hmm. Well, and there is, you know, allusions to it. I think is it the fourth or fifth movie we see Dumbledore has the Elder Wand too so it's been foreshadowed a bit mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well um i definitely think you know once this is one of those things that once you watch part two and you find out some of the the nuances about it you know who can actually use the elder one like you can't just pick it up and use it and uh some of the what is the word like restrictions, I guess, mm. on using the resurrection stone, things like that, where it all kind of comes together a little more. And just knowing why, you know, it's the person who wields the Deathly Hollows is considered the master of death is because these are all of death's tools that are received directly from death. I, I just think it's a fun, fun little, I can't, I don't, set piece isn't the right word, but just kind of a fun Easter egg to watch out for. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's cool because we see the invisibility cloak in the first movie you know it's a big part of that movie so it, it takes us oh, all what? the way back maybe we should ask taylor's thoughts <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm like getting so tired all of a sudden well, i can see <laughs> yeah, like can when, see. when the when the eyes start to go it's like oh, oh no. no crack that window behind you does that get open the, the doors? Uh, get toothpicks on your eyelids get some Keep toothpicks. <laughs> we need to get one of those mad eye things those things I never know. close i'm gonna be up, i know i'm gonna be up late i gonna do bad batch review tonight um <laughs> i know yeah right that's not you're a madman <laughs> uh what are we talking about are oh, you guys talking about me in the private chat oh Harry Potter retro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um 
Uh, yeah, so the question was, what do I think about the Deathly Hallows object? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, the tale of three on. brothers. The three yeah. brothers. Did you like it? I, I love that part of the movie. I really, really did. I think this is the first time we really get this kind of like animated aesthetic in Harry Potter. And I think it just totally was just fitting. It was eerie, creepy, and yeah, for some reason, I always told myself it was Dumbledore who killed the guy and took the Elder Wand. But I mean, that's too dark because it would have been someone else, obviously. <laughs> he had to kill someone, though, right? Well, just disarm, right? Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> what? That's not that's not revealed yet. I, I thought it was something like that. I couldn't remember the specifics, but now I know. Yeah, it's just forget just what disarm. I said. Yeah. Uh, but that guy doesn't guess... really disarm him in the tail. He just stabs. Oh, he fucking murders him. Oh, he, yeah. Does that count as disarming dismembers. someone? Dismembers like... as well as disarming. I think it counts as disarming. You have to cut the arm off and it works. Apparently, in death size, it does too. I mean, you got to think too, because really, this is just Hermione telling the story. And in the book, it's just Hermione reading the story as well. So, this is a nice way to kind of keep readers entertained instead of just looking at Hermione for. Two minutes yeah. while she talks. I do think it was very odd because it, it seemed a bit weird how quickly she's like, "Oh, I have the tail right here," and then she just like opened her book well, to the page. That was what well, Dumbledore the, gave her. Yeah. Gift. yeah, I know, but still, like, she just like instantly had the book and was ready to go to the exact page and start reading. It it was just uh, it's a bit awkward the way it came across, but um, that is the it was all Dumbledore's plan. Um, so. Before we get into like the end action sequence, my last point is this: uh, you know, we see Grindelwald in this movie, which I completely forgot. Oh about. yeah, I did not oh, remember man. that. I was a there was an actor to cast in the role of Grindelwald, um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, I have personally a little more backstory on who that character actually is from the Fantastic Beasts movies. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. I guess he's an Azkaban. Well, there'll be so. three actors that have played Grindelwald now in this franchise. Woof. So yeah, far, right? Why is that? I forget. And they're, they're Johnny, like, Johnny, Johnny Depp was recasted in Fantastic Beasts. So. But in this movie, recast? there was two versions of Grindelwald yeah. as well. So there's going to be four. Two? Because there's the young, the young Grindelwald. Oh, right. Over. Yeah. And, uh, I forget the Wandmakers. All of that. Oh. Name. And I like when I originally oh, watched these movies. Uh, I don't think it was Ollivander. It was the other guy. Uh, Grigorovich? Yeah, yeah, Grigorovich. Great name. That was dope. Very Russian. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I was going to say, I thought that was actually Dumbledore that was robbing the the wand originally uh, when I watched these movies. I didn't know. I, again, now that like I know about Crimes of Grindelwald, like, that name is just kind of catchy. So when I heard it in this, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, there you go. That's the tie-in. In case you didn't know, Dylan, Mads Mikkelsen is replacing Johnny Depp in the role. Whoa, Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> yeah. Are you trolling me like the fucking Rupert Grint thing? Right no, there, or no. No, this it's is legit. Real. Is he also in the Eternals? Oh, he's in. <laughs> As his Travis character is, Doctor Strange. Travis is so unimpressed that Mads is going to be sucked into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was, uh, you know, like flushed down a toilet. Like he chose the role, so I don't know. Maybe he he's probably got some reason to do that. Um, I think all my I don't really have any notes about the last sequence. Like obviously, there's a lot that goes on there, but I I think it's a really interesting scene. Obviously, we get a lot with Dobby. We see some other characters that kind of pop in there. There's a lot that goes on. 
Uh, what do you what do you guys have to say about it? I'm curious what you guys think about how that disguise holds up because any jokester knows that's Harry Potter. I mean, come on. Especially like it's right. the whole entourage and then just Harry Potter's gone, but this dude that might sort of pass for Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. And I was trying so hard to like just play devil's advocate in that moment because Shay said the exact same thing. She's like, Ron, Hermione, this guy that's probably Harry Potter, but not really. And I'm like, okay. His name was Dudley. And then and then and then she's like like how would Malfoy not know like the whole entourage there and I'm like okay well, I feel like this is also a big moment for Draco of being yeah. like okay this is Harry but like I know that this is very wrong I've been exposed to a lot of dark shit here and there's a good guy in me that's kind of trying to fight the good fight but I'm just so scared and whimpering so that yeah so that's what I was drawing that to but and then again I'm like playing Dad's advocate I'm like I guess just nobody else knows that the Harry <laughs> ron hermione trio is just like that's the trio like everyone and their grandma would know about that trio but i guess they just everyone else in that room just didn't go to school with them so there you go i guess i guess you could put it on that but yeah Maybe it's kind Draco's of a, mom would know as well yeah or like lucius because he was with all of them at one point you know back in movie two he's, when they're too, the... he's too busy with his own shit to worry about like that's true he's been getting kissed by dementors he's not <laughs> in the best state of mind so i was trying really hard to defend that scene but at, at the end of the day i was like yeah it might be a little a little uh, i mean they don't convenient. really fall for it for like long but well, yeah. it's like it's like okay this has to be harry because we can't call voldemort unless we know for sure it's harry even though i think everyone in this room is like 66 percent sure it's harry and i think voldemort would i don't know okay I, right, I definitely okay. agree with you that it was supposed to be kind of that defining moment for Draco. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. know, he's supposed to kind of have his heart strings pulled on. He doesn't want to turn on Harry, per se. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen that a few times now with Dumbledore, and we'll see it again in the next one. You know, he's really been groomed by his father to f follow Voldemort and it's really just him trying to say no that yeah. being said 100 percent agree with you that is it's harry potter with a swollen eye traveling <laughs> with the same people he's traveled with for the past six years <laughs> yeah quick thinking by hermione just to have something to harry was probably pissed like what the fuck are you doing hermione he just took me out he's got bigger issues i think <laughs> He's like snapping at her. What the fuck's the matter with you? <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Harry Potter. I'm the chosen one. <laughs> um, um, I like the uh, I like that Hermione is kind of separated from the pack there, and there's kind of some good tension when she's kind of screaming and Ron is freaking out. And then that scene with her and Bellatrix, where Bellatrix is just all up in her face on the ground and she's just sobbing carving um, into her arm yeah, yeah i mean bellatrix it, my note for bellatrix is just she's just amazing like it's there's nothing really <laughs> else to say but i just think she's such a fun villain even if she isn't dynamic in any way she's just completely evil but she's uh always puts on a good show and just like she it's it's not like overacting but she's just so animated with her movements yeah uh, and like even the way she holds her wand and stuff like this and they, like her face when she like throws the dagger at like the little tel teleporting yeah. hobby thing she's just amazing and, and particularly in that scene with her and uh hermione i thought that was a uh, very solid good acting all around 
Yeah, good shadow for sure. I just throughout the entire series, she's just like stable. Like she, her character is the same. It's not like I, I really like some moments with her and really dislike some moments with her. I just like all the moments with her because she's just mm-hmm. so chaotic, you know, and just such a wild card. And um, it really feels like the only one that can really like stabilize her is Voldemort because she's just so chaotic and then uh in the beginning like dinner scene with the death eaters she's just like i want to kill him i'm not you know whatever and then she's like voldemort's like you know like i appreciate your (laughs) bloodlust but i have to be the one and then she's just like like it's she just got like scolded or something like she's just okay well i have nothing positive to say to that answer so i'm just gonna shut the fuck up yeah (laughs) Dead silence. Oh, that's awkward. Oh no. There's so much going on in this scene. I don't know. I guess we could talk about Dobby. I think that the you know it could be hard to get this scene right where a person holding a CGI character um, comes off as very cheesy or doesn't look good or it's not very believable. But I think they, uh, I think they nailed it. Um, I think it lands really well. The CGI obviously by this point is, you know, we're what 2010 ish. So. Uh, something like this isn't that hard to do, but I think they nail it very well. And I, I like that Dobby is kind of the hero, um, a bit of a hero role in the last bit here where he comes to save them all and and still like feels like that consistent character that we saw um, a while ago as well. See, I don't feel that this is all that successful because almost every retro, I bring up something where Dobby is supposed to be involved and supposed to have all this development and they've cut it. So to me, it just feels like here's this character that we saw in number two and then once, maybe twice since, but really not a big piece of the puzzle. And now we're just supposed to feel sad that he's died when in the books, you know, he had a scene and with Spew and in the kitchen and he helped with the gillyweed in four and he helped with this in five and you know, he's supposed to have done all this stuff for Harry Potter. And in the movies, it's like, who is this character again that I haven't seen in three movies? Oh, I totally disagree. I feel like Dobby's like the least forgettable character of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't. So, yes, I mean, obviously we remember who he is. I and it's not like when you do see wrong. him, he has some weird scene where he's like yelling at Harry for two minutes and then he's gone for the next <laughs> movie like Lupin. Like, he, you're right. He doesn't pop. He hasn't popped up in a while. But I feel like we get so much of him. And then anytime we've seen him since, he's like that same consistent character that's kind of lovable and goofy and doesn't know the social cues of regular people. And he's just kind of doing his own thing. Yet he's also just randomly like really powerful because I guess that's just what elves, free elves, are like in general. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like it's a much different situation. I don't. I don't think he's a character that you forget about. You feel saddened by his death, though? Um, a thousand times more than Hedwig or, or <laughs> Moody. Um, Moody. I don't know who... I feel like... I feel like I honestly have... I have like more connection to him than I do with Sirius, which is maybe a bit of an overstatement. But I feel like he probably has more screen time and, and like more scenes with Harry than some other characters. So, I yeah, for me, it really uh, does land. And I like that it's not some random off-screen death but instead you get a moment with him and then there's the moment where he buries him and he wants to do it by hand rather than using his powers which i think is interesting and then also the fact that bellatrix uh does it i think also has a lot of impact rather than just some random 
some random bad guy who hits him with a vaticadabra and that's it so yeah i think for me it really it works i think it's a good uh a good closing tension to the movie before i mean it's kind of a cliffhanger movie obviously part one but i think it i think it worked for sure you're gonna get an ad break and then you're gonna be right back to the episode Taylor, what do you think? <laughs> uh, when it comes to Dobby, I think I'm I'm with Dylan on this. I yeah, granted he was only in Chamber of Secrets uh, and and such, but I I feel really attached to this character. I will never not tear up when he dies and he talks about his friends. Like it's just it's it's truly touching and sad and. Yeah, it, it it works. It really hits me right in the feels. Got me in my feels. Yeah, I. This was another one of those moments where I can appreciate the scene and like the whole moment now that I'm an adult. But in the moment when I was a kid, I fucking hated this part of the movie, and I'm like, I hate that movie because it made me sad. And like, it's just such. It doesn't make any sense. I love the simple that way. child brain. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. So much right? Throughout these movies, it's like, did you like this movie? No, I fucking hated it. Whereas now, it's like, if a movie like makes me feel that type of emotion, I'm like, man, hats off to like the movie makers because like they, you know, these things should bring out these types of emotions. And as a kid, though, just being like, fuck this, you know, blah blah blah, translate that to uh, you know the words of a little kid. But um, yeah, I, I I think I'm kind of more on the Adam Hartcaster side as well as Taylor Fields um, because I Dobby just has because he's so unique amongst every other character throughout the series, I feel like he is very, like, rememberable. <laughs> that's not a word. Oh, I like it. That's a callback. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with callback. that. Callback, we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's just like, especially like, even the scene when he comes in with Creature and they have Mendungus, it's just like that whimsical music too that's going with the scene where it's just, it adds so much like, like, uh, like light lightness to the levity. yeah thank you the levity to the moment of this is like a very dark movie but then you get these little whimsical moments of just this like very innocent uh like mind of a child almost like mm-hmm. house elf coming in and when he just pops into the the cellar there it's just it's so hype because it's again it's that music that's going on like you can literally hear hermione get like tortured above you but then it's just Dobby comes in. I'm here to save you, and it's just all happy, happy noise. I love their quick little interaction between him and Luna too. He's like, um, yeah. What, what did she? What did she say? Him something, sir. sir. I'm ready. Yeah. You are, sir. <laughs> yeah. I like just so her. adorable. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. so adorable. Um, so all those moments were so good. And again, that's what makes the death so much worse. Is I just got very hyped because the super powerful character just came in and just like saved the whole crew, and um I, I i am in dylan's camp i do think it's it's that much better that it was bellatrix that was the one that killed him not just some random death eater that just did some random spell and got him because i mean yeah just rehash what dylan said like it just, i feel like it, it brought a really good conclusion to the movie um because if you didn't have that big death scene it's just like okay, let's just go kick ass you know we kind of know what we're doing now and all these things whereas this one they have like the whole burial moment um very emotional and like isn't that just the end of the movie like it it just goes from like that yeah so i i I really like that to round out like a part one of a movie um because then you can just i don't know uh have your moment of grievance over dobby and then just head into the new movie you know you're getting a little bit more pissed because you just lost a friend and all you got some more motivations for your goal um but all in all i i i liked 
Dobby's usages in in this movie. I I wanted more, obviously, because it's just such a great character, and it sounds like from what Jessica was ex- exampling from the books, it's just because they touch upon him so much more. There's probably a lot more potential throughout the movies. Um, I don't know if that affects your feeling. Sounds like maybe it does, and it totally makes sense why it would. Because if they do a really good job at detailing a certain character in length in a novel. Um, it's tough when you just get them sprinkled in here, but because I'm a, I'm a smooth brain and I don't read, I just uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just watch watching the movies. Yeah, exactly. I, I take what I can get from this, but yeah. Can we also just say that the aesthetic of this like a badass, brooding, haunted mansion, death house, Resident Evil ass building that's just like on a beach is really interesting. Like the way they normally those things are like in a deep dark woods or like you only ever see them at night, but we just kind of, it's like just on this nice beach. It's kind of during the day. It's, it's weird to get out of this place and then just be like some, it's not a tropical paradise, but in that sort of aesthetic, uh, I think it kind of, uh, it's funny how the way that works out. Well, it was one of the safe houses for the order, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Oh, okay, I was gonna ask. I thought it was. It was just like the house in the background looks like what that building would look like. Actually, I'm Can not gonna get into it the because building? they they get more into it in part two. So I'm not of gonna where that location is. Damn. Well, I, I'm not gonna get into it. Oh. <laughs> we'll save it. Well, I'm gonna have to steal that idea then, and and in my writing, I'll make some badass match <laughs> just on a nice beach. Uh, Thanks for calling me out, though. And I do lied. we know? Okay, never mind. I was gonna ask why Dobby was able to apparate in, but it's just because because he was a servant there, so he could go in and out. Is that the reasoning? I, I thought, thought it was it, just. I thought it was because it was like his. I thought house it was elf magic, but that makes more sense. I thought it was elf magic too, and then in my mind, I thought for some reason they just couldn't do it because they didn't have their wands. But they don't really use their wands to apparate, do they? Do you know Jessica? I thought it was just the elf magic too, but I honestly, I'm totally down to canon your thing that he used to be a servant. Yeah. It's a legit good reason. Let's write that in. I'm going to yeah. edit that wiki right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would know a little bit about the inner workings for sure. Um, Do you guys have anything else? I just have one other note, but do you guys have anything else on this kind of ending sequence of the movie? On the ending sequence, I don't think I do know. Do you think that Bellatrix was aimed? Like, I don't know who she was targeting, but do you like her throwing that knife was definitely a gamble? It could have killed Potter, and then she would have been in shit. I think she was just going for whatever she could get. She was pretty pissed. Yeah, one of those. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Harry can he not die right now because he's also like entwined with this Horcrux thing? He can die, I think. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that that makes me think. I think he can die quite yet, but they don't know that. Yeah. But here... Mm, okay. 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 Bellatrix, mm, right. I mean, it, it, the question remains the same, or she, was still, she would, wouldn't know that he's kind of uh, maybe immortal at this point anyway. But like, I think if... she was trying to kill everyone. I think <laughs> ideally in her world, her shot, she's yeah. somehow like the way it spun <laughs> around, like everyone. split all of their throats at the same... That was her ideal plan, I think. Um. Yeah. No, I was gonna because like if Harry is technically a Horcrux from the beginning of these movies, and let's just say he can't die because he's a Horcrux, 
doesn't that just take away like all the peril of this entire series of like any dangerous moments that he could have been in? No, because again, he almost died from the basilisk venom, right? So okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one, I guess, because basilisk venom could actually kill the horcruxes. Mm-hmm. So that would be able to kill him. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he's only in peril still, in movie two. The thing is, there's still <laughs> consequences, right? Because Voldemort, when he dies, he's like turned into nothingness for like various years and it takes him all this time to Just actually growth on someone's head to human form yeah so like in like if harry had died in like chamber of secrets or something then voldemort probably would have killed everyone ever you know like in that amount of right. time that harry was gone <laughs> so harry yeah. just grows back on ron's back or maybe yeah i don't know <laughs> Weird like um, okay, just touching upon that last That's scene. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> I love when Bellatrix hears about the sword and just, um, just like snaps on the uh, what's what are they called? The snatchers. The snatchers, and just like get to see her, just different type of like powers that she uses. I thought that was really quick, <laughs> really quick. It was really quick. I thought it was really cool. Uh, just slick, and she had like some sort of whip thing on that dude's throat. I, it was just a really cool sequence, just to kind of show off some of her capabilities mm-hmm. and um love, okay. love that. and back there's we... something that cut like her reaction about that to the breach in her vault like yeah i think that's cool because it's like a foreshadow mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't remember what the foreshadow is though i i remember that scene because i played the game uh lego game recently but i forget why they go there so that'll be interesting very interesting um <laughs> am i just listing my notes that i got or are we just kind of still touching upon this ending i have one note that's unrelated to the ending part do you guys have anything else for this kind of uh death manner resident evil shit i i if it was shouted out i miss it uh i do like the little when he's trying to drop the the light the light on them and she just like looks up and she's like squeak squeak yeah squeak. <laughs> uh i have something else about this but i'm gonna save it for the next movie because it'll Ooh. tie in a bit better is it the malfoy one. thing the draco uh, and harry that... thing no okay i was just gonna say because um there's kind of an important moment that happens in the next movie and i it's because like it's a moment in the scene there's a lot of important stuff in the next one yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay so there's an important moment that happens in this scene that is important in the next movie where i don't know i'll just i'll save it i'll save it i am highly confused and uh it's just an interaction between draco and potter Definitely think in the next retro, the final one is going to be like three and a half hours long. Oh, it's got to be end game, oh, end game level. The lead you right into your bad batch, Taylor. What are you talking about? We got to keep oh, going. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we can do the rankings at the end of the episode, so that way, it's nice primo. Um, anyways, here's my last point. Then Kirkland, you can go through yours. Um, we we talked about this, and maybe I already have the answer, and I forgot or something. But in the last movie, we it sounded like we were kind of ruminating or a little bit confused on whether or not Dumbledore had destroyed that ring but obviously it's revealed pretty early on in this one that, that he did destroy the ring that was a horcrux um, so and that's why his hand was all fucked up but do we know how he did it? Probably just squeeze it really hard. No I, I don't so. know. 
no, with I don't master wand in the other hand he's like yeah watch me do this he's just so uh, pissed off yeah <laughs> i definitely had looked it up last time but i don't remember off the top of my head uh but so i guess it's not mentioned because i mean i you know it's nice if there's a solution if there's an answer on like these wikis but like i feel like the movies should be explaining that kind of basic thing you know it, well like, i guess it was it not explaining the movies because i i don't know the answer personally because i, don't, Cause I, I don't didn't think remember. it was destroyed based on what we saw until it was revealed right. here um taylor you seem like you uh well he i guess he uses the sword of godric gryffindor to destroy it but i'm also seeing that if you put it on then you get cursed and you will die so i'm wondering if maybe he put it on and then he did that's he just... why his was rotting that's why he... oh, okay and that was why he was okay to tell snape to kill him because he knew his time was limited wait so he put it on and that cursed him yeah the curse was guarding the horcrux so yeah. why why does does Ron get cursed when he puts on the locket? Does Hermione get cursed? I think it's just the ring. I think just it's just the ring like a curse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a different curse. That's why his hands all rotting because the ring, mm. and then it starts to like kill him slowly. But I feel and like then I wouldn't putting a different piece of jewelry on kind of have the same effect. Well, I think yeah. it's more like tied to the specific curse that he had on the ring, mm-hmm. um, because the curse in the locket right was that giant eyeball thing that mess with uh ron's okay. head that's what i would okay. put it under i think so i guess they could open that locket earlier and something bad could happen too mm-hmm. which is kind of weird now that i think about why they didn't open it earlier yeah i know that moment's kind of funny it's like yeah i got we're ready to destroy it so i have to open it now whereas before they were shooting spells at it and it's like they didn't think of opening it at the time so that was kind of strange yeah yeah, that seems bizarre too. I didn't think about that until right now. Yeah. Weird. Um, okay, so he destroyed, but he took it off and then he destroyed it with the sword, which would make sense if the sword was still at Hogwarts. I mean, he would have to know about that, that the sword does that, or maybe he just tried a bunch of things. Um, well, yeah, it's because of the sword of Godric Gryffindor absorbs the strength of whatever it kills, and then Harry killed the Basilisk, and then the Basilisk Tooth was able to destroy a Horcrux. So then they just assumed that the sword, because it stole the power of the Basilisk, would be able to destroy right. the Horcrux, which ended up being true. Yeah. Because I, I actually didn't know that detail until this viewing of the movie. I definitely missed right. it on the previous views. Yeah, so, I mean, I wonder, Dumbledore, why he didn't share some of this information, or maybe he, it sounds like he probably didn't know exactly what was going on either, and he was kind of cursed and had other things going on in his life. Maybe <laughs> some of it makes sense. But anyway, uh, Kirkland, you... Uh... Yeah. Um, so I was just going to quickly say, uh, I think it was... maybe. Oh, it was Order of the Phoenix when Sirius Black dies. And Harry has Bellatrix on the ground. And he's just... He's like crucio in her. And he's just getting all pissed. And then Voldemort's just getting into his mind like like you gotta mean it you know like just totally like corrupting him going full sheave on him um and then in this one too when he's getting all pissed off he's using all those like destructive spells to try and destroy the locket and then again 
whose voice comes to him. It's like, you know the spell, like do it. And I, for some reason, I thought I remember him actually like doing Avada Kedavra uh, on the locket. Um, I, I just I just love those little moments of just like Voldemort trying to get into his head and just like kind of corrupt him because I feel like there was more emphasis on how like like what type of route you can go on if you start using these like unforgivable curses like that like the killing spell mm-hmm. and that was something I didn't really appreciate the first viewing of the of the series and now just like seeing how it's brought in which type of characters are using it. And the way that our main characters like react to it, um, I, I really like all that stuff. I think it because like there's multiple moments when you really think Harry could actually do it. Like when he's just staring over Bellatrix, like he's, you know, like I, yeah, I could buy it if he actually did the spell there. He's trying to destroy the Horcrux. He's trying everything. I really thought he was gonna do like the killing curse there to, to just try and get it. So I, I think they did a good job at sprinkling those moments in. Um, I think it's only in like two maybe three movies at most but i still liked it when it was in there mm-hmm. and maybe if you had more it would have been not as important right so i i really like the, the usage of that um and just tying that in with like voldemort's magic of getting into people's minds that was another thing i just feel like i never knew anything about until um like watching through these on the retros him getting into other people's minds i think it's just harry because they're connected well, no, because they said um, when Snape was training him to like withstand it, they said like with the Dark Lord, like one of his main powers was like basically. Get, I'll have to I'll have to Google it and get all the the right terminology on it, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure Snape says to him that like this is like he a does, main tactic yeah. that he for when he was like rising to power. Um, it's just such a dark like sinister power and i i love that shit just totally reminds me of like the sith just getting into your mind and just incepting dark thoughts in you and i i just love uh, yeah i love that stuff <laughs> so dark but uh and then my very non-serious note this was probably my favorite like street attire that they had in any movie i just they had like some really comfy camping sweaters and stuff on mm-hmm. i'm like man they're just killing it like the the clothing designer or whatever i just i loved all their clothes in this movie whether it's at the wedding or whatnot but no uh no no hogwarts counts <laughs> that's for sure in this one yeah no no hogwarts in this movie first time yeah i didn't even realize that actually until right now mm-hmm. no hogwarts mm-hmm. uh my one last point that was kind of a a fact slash did you know is uh, if you pay attention harry oh my god hermione's hair actually grows throughout the movie it starts at just or just under shoulder length and ends at kind of the length that mine is now uh, just mm. to kind of show how long they've been searching for for cruxes. I, I didn't notice it for her, but I mean, she gives Harry uh, a, a quick trim a at one point. Yeah, <laughs> Harry a haircut. And uh, I noticed he was getting some like five o'clock shadow growth or something like that. I'm like, I kind of like him with a little, little, I don't know, near beard or whatever the hell you'd call that thing. <laughs> I mean, at 17, he could grow some facial hair so it's not that far off no exactly but no it's it's a good little detail just showing their length of their journey and i liked it i liked it a lot Mm -hmm. and that's everything i have yeah me as well me as well me as well well ready for bed 
I am ready for bed. He's ready for the bad batch. <laughs> I'm ready for the bad batch. Are they hour long episodes? <laughs> no, they're like half okay. an hour. We're like the okay. bed batch. Because the first one was really long, wasn't it? It was like 70 minutes. Jeez. What time does that air at? Midnight? Good old 12 o'clock. <laughs> you going to try and have a power nap? I'm going to try and power nap. This is the last time I do a single uh, episode review, though. And I'm going to do the remaining series altogether. Why don't you just start? Yeah, yeah, now. Well, you, you start it now, yeah. <laughs> um, I got to, Travis said, like, do this and announce it. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm sure. Like, Travis, like, Travis like, you're around. He's yeah, in the Dark Lord is in your head. <laughs> He's controlling it. Do, do you live stream it on YouTube? Yep. Just, it popped like, off the other week. I had a lot of people nice. talking. That's awesome. Okay. That's, That's fun because then you get some back and forth. Yeah. Keeps me awake. I love back and forth. Hell yeah. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I guess that does it for Deathly Hells Part 1 retrospective. We'll be back early on Patreon next week for Deathly Hells Part 2. So funny to think that when the normal audience gets this, they're going to be like, bad batch. Man, that came out so long ago. <laughs> oh, that show was so bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad batch of Star Wars. That was a bad batch of Star Wars. But don't. Oh, okay. Well. On the final count of three. Good? Oh, okay. final thoughts. Oh, yeah. I, I was just asking. I'm just, does anyone have anything else to add? Or are we good to skedaddle? I'm skedaddled. I'm ready. Skedaddle me. Yeah. Skedaddle me. Skedaddle me hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we doing the countdown then? Oh, yeah. Two, one. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. Your tempo was so off there. I wonder it if the sign off we could have used that was more relevant past like one movie where they use this <laughs> line. <laughs> too late now. Coming soon from Dr. What? I think that universe has exploded. Are, are you telling me? Hey, did anybody notice that the universe just exploded? Beware the Ides of March on March 15th. Only on Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase at bit.ly.com slash funny and clean.